You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. The following program is rated TV-MA-LSV. It contains strong language, sexual situations, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. gave us the second term of President Ronald Reagan, the Macintosh computer, Aubrey Plaza, Avril Lavigne, Katy Perry, LeBron James, and uh, Mark Zuckerberg. But most importantly, it gave us one of the greatest rock and roll movies ever made, Purple Rain. So join us as we celebrate the career of the great Purple One and attempt to canonize Prince into sainthood. Yeah, we know it's not Lake Minnetonka, but we're getting naked anyways. You just mind your business, okay? Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun. Day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one. Doctor, everything will be alright. Instead of asking how much of your time is left, ask how much of your mind, baby. Cause in this life, things are much harder. Come on, baby. Let's get down. Yeah. 
How's it going? Uh, we didn't test anything, did we? I don't believe so. Well, let's just do it now. Test, test. Testies. Sounds good. Okay, so, uh, how oh, you doing? Sack. If you, we're giving a little behind-the-scenes look. That's what we do. <laughs> Before we record, first of all, first off, we talk for about two and a half hours. Yeah, we talked for about a good 45 minutes before we even pushed record. Yeah. Oh, well, we watch that. Uh, oh, damn. We watch that show. That was, a, that was a test. And then we do this test, and we make sure that everything sounds good. So, um, we've done that. We'll listen to it when we play it back and see if it sounds good. Yeah. Uh, but it looks it looks good. It looks fine. Yeah. Tell us if it sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can be our, our test thing. You guys tell us if it sounds good. We're going to do the whole episode. We're just going to wing it. We're just going to wing it. This is what we do anyway. But we don't know. We didn't do a test. No, we have no idea how we sound. We, yeah, we might We might sound like chipmunks or something. That works. That'd be funny in hell. Yeah, we just talk really fast. And really high pitched. That'd be funny in hell. Then we'd have to, then we'd have to like fix it and slow it down. And then we'd like be really slow and low and like sound, sound like, you know. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you get the women. You the mood. <laughs> <laughs> you got that deep Isaac Hayes voice. Yeah. Or, uh... Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes, yeah. Yeah, Barry White. Barry White. Uh, uh, Barry Manilow? Not Barry Manilow. <laughs> Barry White. <laughs> I don't want to see no panties. I don't want to see no panties. Oh, baby. <laughs> that was I was listening to. I, I was watching, I was watching American... with me. I was watching Family Guy. <laughs> and the bartender, he comes up and he... I think his name's uh, Jerome. I think Mo. No, this is that's that's Simpsons. Oh, Sam. Sam. That's that was Cheers. Fuck. Um, trying to think of other Arnold. Arnold. Yes. That was Happy Days, yeah. He wasn't a bartender either. He served <laughs> hamburgers. I'm, <laughs> I can't think of any other fucking famous bartenders. Okay. <laughs> he 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 rolls up in a wheelchair and they're like, "What happened?" He goes, me and my old lady, we started listening to some like Barry White or something. <laughs> He's like, if you don't make it to the bed before you get to the, before you get to the chorus, you ain't walking right. <laughs> you ain't walking right. <laughs> Dude, Barry White rocks. I love Barry White. Yeah. I, like, I like Teddy Pendergrass. Yes. Yes. Barry White, Teddy Pendergrass. Um, uh, I love Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye. Yeah, you know, but that's actually my. I do like Marvin Gaye. He's, my favorite song, but I mean, hands down, probably my favorite song ever is "What's Going On" by Marvin Gaye. What's... Mother, mother. Oh yeah. There's too many of you crying. I was gonna say, "What's going on?" Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get it on. Let's get it on. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Let's get it on. What's going on? Let's get it on. We should just on. mix those two up. I just did. No, I mean, actually put them on, burn it. We just, you know, we'll just, Sam, can you do that for us? How, how much better can it be than me just doing it live here, untested? Because it's untested. Well, I just tested the shit. It works. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, so, what's what's going on? What's going on? Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> nothing. Uh, nothing. Okay. Nothing. We're just hanging out, and we yeah. got, we actually have a interesting, fun topic today. We do, it, uh, and we'll talk about why it came up. I don't even remember why it came I, up. I do. It's because of me. Oh. Yeah. Uh, we have Hertz Donuts. We did. We had and, and bang and and bang. So, 
We're going to get more and more excited. As oh, this we're going to we're gonna have... We're fueled with Hertz Donuts, Bang, and Skull Chew. We're going to be... We're going to be... Cruising, and then we're just gonna crash. We're gonna, we're gonna towards take a, the second, towards the end of the second half. If we take a nap in the middle of it, <laughs> this is gonna be a four and a half hour show of us snoring. <laughs> well, this fucking couch, dude. Every time I come over here, I fall asleep. Every couch I've had, you fall asleep. Well, maybe this it's is not, the most uncomfortable couch on the planet. Maybe it's not the couch. Maybe it's me. <laughs> maybe I have undiagnosed uh, narcolepsy. Is it narcolepsy? I think so. I always get that confused. You get those confused with erectile dysfunction. No, narcolepsy and necrophilia. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get, I, I, I get those confused sometimes. I mean... I mean, I'd rather just fall asleep, but... Do them both with your eyes closed, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, if you have both and you fall asleep while you're having sex with dead things, <laughs> you, you, got, you got problems. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. I fell asleep, but... Dead lay. <laughs> Dead lay. <laughs> I bored and fell asleep. Bored and fell asleep. <laughs> Just laid there. Maybe you Didn't should, even encourage maybe me. Maybe you shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> maybe we, we need to lock you up. <laughs> but, no, I... Uh, yeah, so, Bang... Okay. Bang is... Uh, they're, it's hard to find. They're getting sued. They got sued because of the super creatine thing? Or, or No, it was, something. it was something about making you smart... Oh, okay. What was it? It was, uh... Um... It's... it's the, they, they were oh, making claims. Okay, got it. Yep. It says... It's, a, it's got a producing a metabolic mayhem causing you to crash harder than a test dummy into a brick wall. They're talking about the high sugar energy drinks. Yeah, like... So that they're, they're saying that they don't do that. Like, like Monster... And um, they're saying that it is brain and body fuel. And I think that's part of what they got in trouble for, is that they're saying, they're making claims that they can't back up. I mean, it works for me. Or something. Um, but anyways, yeah, they're getting sued by Monster, right? Yeah, I mean, they got a warning label. It says, don't drink unless you're under 18, but... It doesn't say don't drink unless you're under 18. Yeah, it does. Not intended for individuals under the age of 18. See? Don't drink this shit unless you're under 18, kids. Not for (laughs) adults. Wait, wait, did I say that Yes, that's what you said. (laughs) This is not for adults. Kids only. Kids only. (laughs) You're a bunch of fucking hyperactive kids running around. Remember what you said about um, making it smarter? (laughs) Yeah. I think we just proved that point. I haven't had enough. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't had enough. I need to drink some more bang. <coughs> bang. God damn, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. <coughs> so I was, try- I was trying to talk and drink at the same I time. I saw that. Again, um, it did not make it, 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 it didn't work. Um, so yeah, bangs get really hard to find around this area. It's hard I, to find a good bang anyway. I know. But I, I, I found the stash. I know where they're at. Where? QT's. Oh, yeah. QTs have every flavor. A lot of gas stations you go into, they have like three flavors. Casey's and Come and Go ain't got shit anymore. And two of them suck. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it'd be like, they've got three flavors, and you're like, fuck. And fuck. although, like, I like I like the Key Lime Pie. That's one of my favorite ones. And I like uh, the two that I can find around. No, one of my favorite ones is the uh, the one that tastes like Sprite. 
The Starbanger or whatever it's called. No, this is, um, it's like lemon lime. Lemon drop. Lemon drop. Yeah. Well, I have the two green ones, the key lime pie, and there's another green one, like that same color. Yeah. Um, uh, cherry Blade Lemonade. And then they change the colors of the can, so yeah, now it pisses me off. I'm like, what, which flavor is this? I'm like looking for like the green can or the pink can. And yeah, I gotta stand there and read them. Now they're all silver. But. And none of them get faced anymore, so you can't read them. Yep. I. There's no pride in working in a convenience store anymore. People just don't take pride in their bangs They don't anymore. take pride in their facing their bangs. Yeah. Well, and if you don't face your bangs, then it, it, it's doggy style, I guess. You just bend them over. Or bend your bang over. Jesus Christ. Um, so that's how this show is going to go. Uh, but anyhow, anyhow, so, yeah, there, there's there's like tons of bang at the, uh, what did I say, QT? QT. Yeah, QT. Bang, 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 um, bang, 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 bang. But, yeah, you can usually only find, like, the, the sour head, which I don't really care for, or the the mango peach, which I don't fucking really care for. No. Um, I had so, a couple I really liked, but, like, the, that, that one that tastes like Coke. Oh, the Miami Cola? Yeah, that one was okay if it's cold, but once it gets warm. It tastes like Tab. Yeah. And then the birthday cake one, I couldn't. I had like two drinks of that, and I ended up dumping it out. You got to be, I, I can do it every once in a while, but I haven't seen that one in a long time. No. So, you know, we've kind of been switching it up. I've been drinking a lot of Monster, but you know the one that I went to? Zoa. Zoa? That the one The Rock does? Yes. I haven't tried it yet. It tastes like, okay, it, you got it, you got to be ready for it, because it is... Uh, the caffeine comes from green tea. Okay. I love green tea. So it kind of smells like dirt. I like dirt. Uh, yeah, so do I. That was my favorite toy when I was a kid. It was probably one of the first toys I ever had. That was my favorite dirt. food when I was a kid. I know. It wasn't great. Dirt and mud pies. But, a little bit of water. Yeah. Fine. Eat, eat, eat for days. Go. Um, what was the old saying? God made dirt and dirt don't hurt. Yeah. Unless it's got rocks in it and then you got to poop it out and then... <sighs> yeah, that's... You know, it's like, like passing a kidney stone. Well, exactly, except out your ass. <laughs> yeah. You don't pass kidney stones out your ass. Drink some more bang. No. <laughs> you, you need more bang. Um, but no, that, that Zoa's really good. I, I, I like it. It's They've, they've got five flavors. Um, it's like a fruit punch. They've got a, a pineapple coconut one that's really, really good. Uh, they've got a, a orange one that tastes like a, a orange creamsicle. They've got a, uh, a, a, did I say peach already? I think so. They've got a blueberry one, and they've got something else. They've got five. I'm surprised they're not named all after The Rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the People's Energy Drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is the Rock Bottom Punch. The Rock Bottom Punch. But they're really good. They, they taste like green tea flavored. Strudel. And it's strudel. <laughs> what flavor is that? Poontang Pie. <laughs> Can I get a case? <laughs> Candy ass flu- melon. Yeah, candy ass melon. <laughs> what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take that can of energy drink right there, shine that some bitch up real nice, turn that some bitch sideways and stick it right up your candy ass. <laughs> but I've been enjoying that. So if you can find that one, it's a it's a nice alternative. What's it called? Zoa? Z O A, I think. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it's really good. And and I'm sure that it, you know, The Rock probably could use the money. Oh yeah, he's he's he's. Kind of, I heard he's broke. So <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he's not doing anything. No, he's he's entered the Marvel universe. No DC universe. Oh DC. Yeah. See, I don't know shit about comic books. I think it was like one of the biggest selling movies ever. Yeah, and I did it go to the theaters. It's in the theaters now. Okay, I see. I don't know this shit. I don't follow that kind of stuff. 
But I, uh, yeah. So so I think he's doing okay. Yeah. Uh, he's probably. I mean, probably one of the worst movies he ever did was Doom. Well, okay, probably the second worst movie he ever did was that Jumanji movie. That was actually really good. It was good, but it. Look at his body of work. Jumanji, really? Well, he did that. He had to do. He did a couple kids movies. So he did Jumanji, um, Escaped Witch Mountain. Oh, that's right. And uh, <coughs> the um, Rampage. No, that was actually not bad. The the Disney one where the the tugboat or the sailboat or whatever the fuck it was. What? Oh, oh, uh, Moana. No, yeah, that was a good one too, though. Um, he was a sailboat? No, he was, um, what's the name Jungle of Cruise. Jungle Cruise. Oh, okay. Disney Jungle Cruise. Okay. I, I did not see that one either. That was good. I saw, I saw more. He was a cursed Spaniard. The Rock was a cursed Spaniard. Yeah. Or something like that. King Quistador. Really? Yeah. And he was couldn't leave, couldn't go far away from the river, otherwise the river would pull him back. So it's kind of like Moana. No, he wasn't stuck to the he wasn't stuck to the ocean when he was Moana, when he was in Moana. Oh. He, he'd go every one. He just lost his big ass um, hook hook, the, the big hook that helped him change his to give him his powers. Did you fart? No, oh. I can. No, and I'm not going to because I, I when, as soon as I hit record, I kind of have to poop. Oh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it's it. Kinda, hey. Dude, I do the same thing. Like when I gotta go downstairs and do laundry, <laughs> you get about halfway down the stairs. I get down the stairs. I get the load. Go, I get to start getting the load, putting it in the washing machine. I'm like, oh, I gotta go take care of this load before I can do this load. <laughs> and then I gotta creep. You know, I walk slowly up the steps. Yeah, and it hits me. You get the little ground head, groundhog mm. poking out, and you're like, uh oh. And stairs are not conducive to having to poop. I think it is, man. And no, it's just no, no. Going I mean, like if you have to. If you have to poop and you have to go upstairs or downstairs, yeah, just that motion, it just like squirts out a little more and a little more each time, like a little Play-Doh Fun Factory. <laughs> the one with the hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I love the barber shop. <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about today. No. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Um, we haven't really done much, have we? No, I've kind of just chilled all week and yeah. we took last week off just because i had a bunch of stuff to do around here yeah i you're working on something i'm working on a movie um i, I tore there. apart a bunch of video game systems last night you tore apart a bunch of fucking tonka trucks too i did and i got them all so you're building devastator the devastator out of tonka trucks yeah and i figured out how to start getting everything else done i was thinking it I was thinking harder than I needed to. You should have had some bang. No, I I dumbed it down. Mm. So instead of thinking harder, and I'm like, oh, how am I going to do this? I thought easier. I mean, I'm going to make this shit fucking easy. Good move. So I got it figured out. I just got to go get the shit I need. Nice. Probably $50 worth of crap. And you're building a $27,000 giant fucking robot. No, that's Japan. They're 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 made the giant Gundam. I'm making oh that's right. I'm making a five foot tall Devastator. Devastator. And some of the shit's gonna be different, more harder than it needs to be, but yeah, no, that's, yeah that just comes with trial that's and error. What you do, yeah. So 
Should we talk about what we're going to talk about? Yeah. Okay. I think we're, we're talking about um, everything but what we're talking about. So we're talking about what's his name? Well, yeah. So the reason Prince, Prince Harry. We're not talking about fucking Prince Harry. Pr- what Prince Harry? Prince Harry. Why do you want to talk about Prince Harry? That's what we're talking about today. We are not talking about Prince. What? Do you, okay. What? Do you, did you do research on this? I did. What did you do research? I want to hear this. Prince Harry is the son of King Charles and his mom, who died, Princess Diana. Okay, that that's probably the most factual thing we've ever said on this podcast. And he's got a hot wife. There we go. <laughs> so we hope you've enjoyed this deep dive into the life of Prince Harry. Prince fucking Harry? Prince Harry. We're not talking about... No. You oh. said we were talking about Prince. We he's are talking Prince. Prince. Not any fucking Prince. Really? Prince fucking Harry? Prince Harry. Why? I got because we got fans in, in the UK. I I think they know plenty about Prince fucking Harry, but do you think they would have known more? You know he's a redhead. Prince Harry is. Yeah, he's got red hair. Is he the red? Really? I think he's yeah, and I think he's not the one that's going bald. I think it's the other one. Yes, it's his brother. We're not talking about Prince Harry. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> so you know he's thirty eight. I, no, I didn't know he was 30. <laughs> How much fucking research did you do about Prince Harry? I just pulled up his, his Wikipedia. Well, that's what we do. But... He was in the military. I knew that. Okay. We're not talking about Prince Harry. I think he's an avid golfer. And he was on Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> it's that all you have on Prince Pretty Harry? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, good. I mean, I can get into his personal life, but if he went to college and met his wife at, like... Harvard or something. She's an American. He's once married to Meghan uh, Markle. Yeah. Yeah. She's American. Yeah. And they didn't like her. No. Yeah. His grandmother, you know, you know not going to talk bad about the dead, but she called her a damn colonialist. Damn her. Well, no, don't damn her. She's dead. No. no, no. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people give us, you know, when, when the queen died, I was like, you know, because I got friends over that are over in England. Oh, yes, yes. Right. And so, you know, I was like, you know what, rest in peace. And, you know, because everybody in England loved her, most, most of the people. Yeah. And I got pe- people over here who were like, she was a tyrant. I'm like, no, she really wasn't. She didn't do anything. She's a figurehead. Yeah. yeah they just, they're just rich. Yeah. There's rich people. Uh, we're not talking about the goddamn royal family. I was wondering how long you've been calling this. Well, you fucking... You, you got me hooked, goddammit. No, we're actually talking about Prince. Prince. And the reason we're talking about Prince is last week I went to a Prince tribute concert. That's right, yeah. And this guy, his name is Gabriel Rodriguez, I think. That's Prince's real name? No, the, the impersonator. I would have never thought he was a Rodriguez. Yes, he was. Um... So, this guy is, he's fantastic. They do a spot on, I mean, the the, the band comes out dressed in, they, you know, the, the revolution yeah. era. You know, like the ones dressed like a, like a surgeon, because the one guy always wore scrubs on stage. Oh, yeah. Um, so, the, they, they do, like, a, a pretty accurate tribute. And the guy that portrayed Prince actually went and played every instrument on that stage. Because Prince could do that. Yeah, Prince was a hell of a musician. Yes. So, 
uh, I, I was watching that. I just went by myself, just hanging out. And I, I, I was watching, you know, the, the whole show kind of unfold. And I was watching the people just go nuts over this impersonator and sing and dance and just having so much fun. And I thought, we should do a show on Prince. Yeah. So I think I messaged you from the show. I'm like, we need to do a show on Prince. And you're like, yeah, cool. What are you doing right now? I'm like, I'm watching this dude sing Prince songs. You're like, oh, well, fuck, cool. Um, so yeah, we, we decided we, let's, let's, let's talk about Prince a little bit. Um, I wanted to go to that show. I was going to take someone with me, but I got, it, plans got canceled. Oh shit. That and sucks. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to hang out and chill. Do you, do you know Prince's real name is actually Prince? No, it's not. Prince Rogers Nelson. Oh shit, it is. He was born June 7th, 1958. So he was born, his birthday was two days before mine. Uh, but he changed his name to just Prince. Um, and he is, I think, some people would argue this, but he is probably the greatest musician of his generation. I would say so. Yeah. He he was a fantastic musician, could, could play anything. Uh, a lot of times would play everything on the album. Mm-hmm. He just would go record shit. And... I mean, the guy was was amazing. Uh, born and raised in Minneapolis, Minnesota, actually. Yeah, and that's where he lived. And that's where he lived. That's where uh, Paisley Park, his compound was. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people didn't know that. They everybody thought, A lot of people thought he, he lived like, in California or some shit. No, he, he stayed in Minnesota. Um, unless he was like on tour, and then he lived everywhere. Uh, but, you know, to, to, kind of, to talk about him, you, you have to... I feel divide like his personal life and music into one segment and then talk about his movies later. So maybe we'll just do that. We'll talk about like his thing right now. Um, so Prince was actually named after his dad was a musician. Um, his dad was a, uh, was a, a pianist. His name was John Lewis Nelson. And his mother was a jazz singer. Her name was uh, Maddie Della. Mandela. Matty Della. Matty Della. Matty Della Shaw. And then she got married. I don't know if she got married. I think she got married to Prince's dad. I'm not sure. Uh, In the movie, they they weren't married. I thought they were married in the movie. I don't think so. I don't remember. I just watched it and I don't remember. His name wasn't even Prince in the movie. He was the kid. Uh, And actually, his... uh, his cousin was a jazz drummer. So, I mean, music ran in the family. Yeah. So he grew up around music. He was named after his dad's most popular stage name, which was Prince Rogers. And... you think that's any relation to Roger Waters? Uh, yes. And, <laughs> and he's probably related to Prince Harry, too. <laughs> More likely. Um, so the, his father and mother met while they were in a jazz group called the Prince Rogers Trio. So, he he wanted his son to do everything that he ever wanted to do. So, that's why he named him Prince. Yeah. And his son did way more than his dad ever did. Prince did not like his name. So, he told people while he was a child to call him Skipper. 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 And he was... Was he a big Gilligan's Island fan? I, yeah, yes, that's why. I, I'm sure. I mean, was Prince, was Prince 
that older did he look like a older white man man with a little buddy little buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah he did that's kind of like us yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're an older white man with a little buddy that's right <laughs> prince said he was born epileptic he had epilepsy when he was younger oh no shit he had seizures and then one day he went to his uh, he went to his mom and said mom i don't want to be sick anymore and she said, "Why don't why why are, or I'm not going to be sick anymore?" And she said, "Why?" He said, "Cause an angel told me." After that, he didn't have, he didn't have holy shit epilepsy anymore. Um, yeah. So he basically willed away his epilepsy if the story is to be believed. <laughs> I don't, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I I I'm not even going to argue with it. No, uh, Prince. In junior high and high school, he was an athlete. Played football, which I cannot... What? I can't imagine this. Played football, basketball, and baseball. I've seen Prince when he was like 18, when he was just getting started, and he had the poofy hair and the and the, and the mustache. Yes. The, you know, like the teenager mustache. Yep. That dude didn't didn't look like he played anything. Well... Except for an instrument. He... He, uh, he, he still played basketball as an adult, just for fun. But he also trained in ballet. And that's where, that's why he later, you know, as he got famous, he would go in, he went in and saved the, uh, the ballet company in Chicago. He like bailed them out because they were going out of business. Yeah. And so he bailed them out in the nineties. Um, so he did a lot of charity stuff that nobody knew about. Oh, he did a lot of shit. Nobody and his stuff about. came out after he passed away. Yeah. I mean, the dude was, I mean, you could, I mean, I would say this dude was like almost a saint. Well, you know, he, he did a lot of good shit, you know, and he helped a lot of people out. And, uh, I mean, he was beloved. I mean, er, er, there, people may, may say, yeah, his music's not my style of music. But you can't say he made bad music. No. Prince's music was everybody's style of music. Prince was fun. Um, and Prince evolved. His music evolved. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit here. Um so if you didn't like Prince's music, you didn't like music, and you were very close-minded. Yeah. On your music. Well, even, even when I was hardcore, just metal, I still liked. You like Prince? Everybody in the eighties loved Prince. I, uh, I don't know a lot of people that didn't care for Prince. Even if you didn't like pop music, you had to say, "Man, he's a hell of a musician." Yeah. You know? Um. He started recording music in the, the mid-70s. So about 75, he had, like, he was writing songs. Him and his uh, his cousin, I believe, they Didn't were Did he get a start on Soul Train or some shit? Um, I, I don't know about that. Uh, maybe. We'll say yes. I, I swear he did. I don't know. Um... But he he would he would like record little his songs with with, uh, with his cousin, and pretty soon they got noticed. You know, they he had a demo. He got noticed, and he started putting out music. But the thing was, like I said before, he played every instrument. <laughs> he played mm-hmm. on on the first album that he did. He played all twenty seven instruments. That were featured on the album. 27 instruments? 27 instruments. Um, and 
then he started, you know, he figured he needed to have his own band. So by 79, he had his own band. And that's when he started, you know, making hits. Uh, and every one of his songs was about sex. Pretty much. Pretty much. So his first album, I guess you could say, or his first hit, the first album was, uh, oh, what was it? I've got it here. The album, first album was, album is album Prince. It, it's called For You. His very first album is called For You. And that came out in 78. Prince followed in 79. Okay. And then 80, Dirty Mind, and 81, Controversy. Now, he had hits off of every one of those. Um, his first hit was uh, uh, I Want to Be Your Lover, I believe. And that reached number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. And number one for two weeks on the Hot Soul Singles chart. That was the thing. He crossed so many genres. Mm-hmm. He started out, he was a soul singer. He was a funk singer. And his early stuff, like uh, Alphabet Street, I don't yeah. remember it. Very funky, very, you know. And then he evolved to, like, the prince that we know. Um, I didn't... Well, <laughs> in 1980, he had a lot of sexually explicit songs. He was also on tour with Rick James in 1980. Rick James. Wow. You think they both slapped Charlie Murphy around? Probably. Charlie Murphy! <laughs> I just watched that the other day, dude. <laughs> I'm sitting there laying in bed. I'm just scrolling through Facebook, and that pops up, and I'm trying not to crack up because everybody's sleeping. Yeah. And I'm just like, I got it turned down. I got it up to my ear. <laughs> You're dying laughing. <laughs> what did a five finger say to the face? Slap! <laughs> uh, in 81, he made his very first appearance on, on SNL. And uh, <laughs> it's probably his first and last, probably. Oh, no. I think he was on there a few times. But he, uh, he was, you know, he kept putting out albums. And he was an opening act for the Rolling Stones. And he appeared in a trench coat and a black bikini briefs and was forced off the stage just after three songs. The audience members threw trash at him. Yeah, that was his. That was his act, though. Yeah, I mean he. I mean he was. I mean what he was doing then is norm today. Yes, I and I think that he um, he kind of set that image for you know it's like hey if we do something like that maybe we can get as popular as Prince. You're I not just had to. an idea. Uh, we're not recording this show in trench coats and black bikini briefs. What about the toy show? Oh, Jesus Christ. We're going to go to the toy show in trench coats and black bikini briefs? It'll get an audience. Yeah. One of the cops, one of the two. Probably the cops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a thong. So what a lot of people don't realize I'm is... backwards. The, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> what a lot of people don't realize this is... This side's got the beans and this side's got the franks. <laughs> Prince... Prince founded... He was doing his own music, but he started a side band called The Time. He wrote and performed most of the instruments and vocals in the background... And Which is the greatest band ever created by a god and handed down. Yes. Morris Day. Morris Day. Morris Day 
sang the lead vocals. So they were always depicted as a rival band. They were like best friends. They were like best friends, yeah. Um, then in 82, he released 1999. Sold 4 million copies. And I remember 1999 was about the one we were hit, about to hit 2000. Yeah. Dude, I was, we were at the bar and that song played right before midnight. Uh-huh. And it was, the whole place was jumping. Oh, yeah. But that song was released in 82, did I say? Yeah. So, that seemed like such a long time away. Now we're going to do, now we're going to party like it's 1929. I would still like to party like it was 1999. We're going to party like it's 1929. 18, 2029. Hey, we're going to party like it's 1829. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a harpsichord. <laughs> we're going to party like it's 1829. I don't know. Do they play harpsichords back then? I don't know, man, but I mean, Maybe I a, go a, with A it. fiddle, a drum and a fiddle. A drum and a fiddle. <laughs> Look like Back to the Future 3. <laughs> a ZZ Top. <laughs> so... Uh, the the song, 1999, <laughs> it was against uh, nuclear weapons, actually. That's really? What, that's what that song's about, yeah. Um, and it was his first top ten hit in countries outside the U.S. That also is the album, I believe, that uh, Little Red Corvette came off of. Yeah. So a lot of the songs that people are like, Oh, yeah, that's Prince. That came off of Purple Rain. No, it didn't. It was before Purple Rain. No, he had a, he had some really good hits before Purple Rain hit. Oh, yeah. He, he was he was already... Well established. Uh, uh, yeah, a, a successful musician before Purple Rain. Um, he was one of the first two black artists that were played on MTV, along with Michael Jackson. Who was the other one? Uh, Prince. Oh, they said, oh. Along with Michael oh, Jackson. Along with Michael Jackson. I was like, well, I guess this was one Michael Jackson was still black. Yes. And um, the, Prince and Michael Jackson had a competitive rivalry for years and years. Uh, Michael Jackson, I don't know what's wrong with Prince. I, I don't know if that was I don't know what's wrong with him. But then... Hey, little Chris. But then Prince... Named his band The Revolution, and Purple Rain came out. And that's when he went just... To, Super platinum. Oh, my God. Uh, I think Purple Rain was like... I think it sold like 40 million copies or something. Yeah. you know, to He could have retired after it's, that. Th- I, I read somewhere it's 13 times platinum. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that's insane. Yeah. So, you know who hasn't gone 13 times platinum? No. Kiss. Oh, fuck. Well, Gene, Gene Simmons break. Gene Simmons break. Hi, I'm Gene Simmons. You're not. And there was Gene Simmons. Thanks, Rex. The three-time triple platinum Kiss. Uh, they have a an album called Double Platinum. Well, whatever. Kiss Double Platinum. Um, So, they might have gone. I, I'm not going to. Look it up. You know, you could actually sue them for saying they're the greatest band in the world. Because they're not. They're not. Uh, <laughs> so, Purple Rain. I'm not going to sue them. No. We don't have enough money to sue Kiss. Uh, Maybe Peter Chris. 
<laughs> do you? So back in, I want to. I think it was on Geraldo or Jerry Spring, an early Jerry Springer. I think it was Geraldo. They they brought this guy out, and he was. Peter, they said he was Peter Chris. They found him living under a bridge and all that. Oh, yeah, it actually wasn't him. And then they said, "So you're Peter Chris?" And this guy's like, "I am. I am. I'm Peter Chris." So they kept. They go, "Okay." Well, let's bring out Peter Chris. We <laughs> brought him out, and he's like, "You're not me. Oh my god, I'm not homeless." Um, yeah, I remember that very vividly. Like, oh well, no shit, that's like that guy that was the cat. You know, yeah, and we kiss, and and then they brought out the real Peter Chris. See, Jerry Springer's show. I think a, well, a lot of it was set, it was all bullshit. Oh yeah, I'm sure it was just you know we're gonna make up our own fucking crap and yeah, we'll get ratings for it. We'll have to do a show on him. I think we're gonna. We talked about that. So. Um, and Geraldo Herrera and Phil Donahue. Most of the uh, songs on Purple Rain Sally, Jesse were, were hits. When the uh, when Doves Cry, Let's Go Crazy, both reached number one. Uh, Purple Rain actually only made it to number two. Really? Yeah. You know, Let's Go Crazy is probably one of my favorite songs by him. I've got a story about Let's Go Crazy. So, when I got to an age... Where my mom was giving me Easter baskets, you know, I uh, will just say that when I figured all that out. And oh yeah, I still got an Easter basket, but it was from my parents. I was into music, and so you were what seventeen? <laughs> well, this was like last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, you know, I, it was it was in the, the you know this this mid eighties. Kids, there's an Easter bunny. Oh yeah, don't listen to this fool. Well, I didn't say that there wasn't. I just said that my mom was giving me Easter baskets. So you're saying when you hit a certain age, the Easter Bunny stops giving you baskets and then just no, gives you... No, the Easter Bunny can still give you baskets. My mom was giving me baskets as well, though. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Um, so the basket that my mom gave me, because my cousin my cousin, you know, got a basket from the Easter Bunny as well. I think I did, too. I think he still gets Easter baskets from the Easter Bunny. Oh, yeah, he does. So there were some... I hope you listen. 45 record singles in my Easter basket for my mom. One of them was Let's Go Crazy. So I was listening to that. Speaking of which. Yeah, your cat just went crazy. <laughs> and there goes the other one. Um, so I was listening to that. And, you know, a 45 record single always had the B-side, which was a less popular song. Yeah. So me being curious, wanting to hear more music by Prince, I flipped it over. Was it Pussy Control? No. <laughs> It was Erotic City. Nice! And so I had it playing, and my mom walks by my room, and she was like, wait a minute. She like backs up, and she stood by the door listening. She goes, what are you listening to? And I'm like... George Clinton? That, no, I said, <laughs> that record that I got in my Easter basket. And she goes, can I see that real quick? You never seen it again, did you? you? No, know, I did. And I gave it to her, and I had a, uh, a dartboard with steel-tipped darts, and she took a steel-tipped dart, and she made scratches... Across every, uh, that whole side of our Oh city. my God. She put a scratch, like, about, you know, like all the way around. It wasn't like one scratch. She made like scratch. She made it look like a sun. Oh, <laughs> She shit, scratched that all. She goes, you can't listen to that one. I was like, oh, okay. Um, I would still listen to it. It would just skip. And I would uh-huh. try to figure out what's so wrong about this song. Because I didn't catch any of it. You know, it. Of course, it's saying we can fuck until the dawn. Yeah. And I was like, I, I had no clue. I wasn't even listening to the words. 
Um, <laughs> I can just see you. You're dancing. You got your white boy dance list yeah. in Atlantic City. Yeah. <laughs> and just getting down. Yeah. <laughs> we can you're out of beat. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, it, that was kind of a, you know, mom was like, yeah, that probably, I should probably read that because if, had she seen. Erotic City. Had she seen that it said Erotic City, she'd probably been like, huh, what's that? Yeah. You know, instead of just like, oh, hey, here's that band that he likes. Because <laughs> she couldn't Google it back then. No, there was no Google. She'd have had to ask the record, per- the people at Homer's. So. What does this song mean? Well, ma'am, um, it's about sex. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Prince. It's about sex. Andy Warhol was a huge Prince fan. Really? He was fascinated by Prince. I mean, I see why. He made 12 different paintings of prints. No shit. Using different color schemes. Yeah. They're in the Andy Warhol Museum in Pittsburgh. Wow, I didn't know that. That's actually really cool. Yeah. Um, so, Prince... So I love the way we do our show. I have my notes here, but I don't look at them. Yeah. I let you talk. And then you... Like, and then I just make my comments. And then you fact check me sometimes. Yeah. We have the same fucking Wikipedia page up. I know. And, you're, and I read it, and you go... That ain't fucking right. And you bring up the same Wikipedia page and go, yep, it is right. That's what I'm saying. Well, I can fucking read. <laughs> um, sometimes. So Prince is responsible. <laughs> he's responsible for a lot. Well, he's responsible for this. So Tipper Gore's 11-year-old daughter oh. was listening to Darling Nikki, which Darling Nikki is... A great song. It's a great song. It's one of, yeah, it's one of my favorites. But it's very sexual, and it talks about masturbation. So... Nikki wasn't there. She founded the PMRC, the Parents Music Resource Center, and she started uh, insisting that parental advisory lyrics go on the covers of records that are, you know, unsuitable for minors. There's a whole song Anthrax did. Yes, Love that. Starting up a posse. Starting up a posse. I love that song. It's a rap song, and it's all about Tipper Gore. Yep. Uh, well, Prince is responsible for that, even starting. I mean, that says a lot, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Between Prince and Two Live Crew, and... It, it, I think Prince, you know, like, brought it to... Brought it to a head. Yeah, well, brought it to, the, to or at least her attention... That so if her daughter wasn't a Prince fan, this would that would have never happened. I'm sure it would have happened at some point because I mean it didn't I mean, stop anything. Me so horny is kind of uh, you know just begging for a label to be slapped on it. But I had that I had that tape. Oh yeah, nasty as they want to be. Yeah, my yeah. mom didn't know any better. She my mom was dumb when it came to <laughs> when it came to anything. Uh, See, my parents paid. I was a, like, "Mom, can I get this two live crew tape?" She's like, "Sure, sure." And she she would just grab it, you know. Didn't even get, didn't pay attention to what it was. That there were like four scantily clad asses on the cover. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, my parents were they didn't really dig they didn't dig into it unless they heard something. Yeah. But I had like I had Prince albums, I had Prince singles, and all that. <laughs> but Prince Albert. Uh, no, I did not. I did not have Prince Albert. He was in a can. Um, yeah, I kept him. I kept. <laughs> I kept my Prince Albert in a can. Um, Better let him out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I had like I had Prince records and stuff, but 
Ozzy and Metallica were not allowed in the house. That's how it was at my dad's house, yeah. too, man. I had an Ozzy tape. I had No More Tears. Or I had the CD. Yeah. No More Tears. And I had my stepmom threw a fit about it. Oh, geez. Because it was Ozzy. The dude's standing there. He's got he's got angel wings. And he's got to wear a cross. Uh-huh. And this is when Ozzy was no longer evil, I no, guess you want to call it. He always will be, but... He, this, is, this is sobered up Ozzy. Yeah. And she got mad because I was listening to Ozzy. But, you know, it was okay to listen to, like, ACDC's Hell's Bells. Yep. Well, because it was, it was, I was hanging out with a bunch of fucking rednecks. Ozzy wasn't allowed in the house. And this is about the time that No Rest for the Wicked and The Ultimate oh, Sin yeah. were out, okay? They weren't allowed in the house. However, Black Sabbath was. Yeah. And, you know, Ozzy sang for Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath actually... Um, my dad bought me a bass guitar, and that was Iron Man was one of the first songs he taught me on bass guitar. So, but Ozzy wasn't allowed in the house. Yeah, and looking back, Metallica. I could actually, really? I could have Black Sabbath too. I had yeah. a bunch of Black Sabbath albums. So, but I, I had all the Prince stuff, and it was all filthy. Yeah, absolutely filthy. Um, that's fine, whatever. But uh, so, in in. 85, Prince said he was done doing live performances and he was making no more music videos after his next album. And that was Around the World in a Day. Around the World in a Day had the number one spot on the Billboard 200 for three weeks. And he had a number two single, Raspberry Beret. A lot of people think that that was off of Purple Rain as well. It was not. Uh, and we'll get more into Raspberry Beret in the second half because there's a reason that was written. Um, it has to do with the movie. Uh, then he put out... Did the bass player write it? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> um, then he put out uh, Parade, which had the cover of Tom Jones's Kiss on it, which reached number one Kiss. on the Billboard Hot 100. He also... And this is something a lot of people do not know about him. He wrote a lot of music for other people. Oh, yeah. This is the same year that he wrote Manic Monday for the Bengals. And Manic Monday, if you ever hear Prince do that song, amazing. Really? Oh, my God, it's great. Uh, did he write a couple songs for uh, for Madonna? And... Um... He wrote uh, Nothing Compares to You. Yeah, Sinead O'Connor. Uh, for Sinead O'Connor. He wrote... Um, and, and to hear him perform that song, wow. I've heard him do that one. Yeah, that's that's amazing. He I, He's just... I, 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 I like his songwriting even as much as I like his yeah. own music. Like, didn't he write for Alanis Morissette? Probably. I know he, um, he wrote for a ton of people. You know who he did write for? Michael Jackson. No, I don't think he ever wrote anything for Michael Jackson. I, I believe... I heard he wrote Creatures of the Night. He For Kiss? Yep. Yeah, he did. The whole album. Yeah, the whole album. I would not associate him with Kiss at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I want to look because I've always heard of this one song that he wrote. Can you imagine, and, can you imagine Prince and Gene Simmons in the same room? No. They, their egos wouldn't fit in the same room. Who thinks he's got the bigger ego? Gene Simmons. 
Okay, so here are 15 great print songs that were hits for other artists. Um, let me let me get here. Stevie Nicks, Stand Back. Prince wrote that. Oh, shit. Yeah. Jungle Love, by the time. Yeah. Of course, that makes sense. Uh, Sheila E., The Glamorous Life, he wrote that. Okay. Which they collaborated a lot. Uh, Shaka Khan, I Feel For You. I feel for you. Sheena Easton, Sugar Walls, which I love that song. Um, A Love Bazaar by Sheila E. Sheila E. was was one of his you know, regular collaborators. Yep. She played uh, percussion for him. Um, Manic oh, Monday. Right. Like we said, Manic Monday. The Art of Noise featuring Tom Jones. Kiss. So he wrote Kiss. And then he performed it himself. Petty LaBelle, Yo Mister. Shane O'Connor, Nothing Compares to You. Jerk Out by the Time. That's another fucking great song. Yes, it is. Round and Round by Tevin Campbell. That was done by Rat. Different Round and Round. <laughs> yeah. Prince wrote the Rat song. <laughs> round and Round! Uh, Martika, Love, Thy Will Be Done. You know who Martika is, uh-uh. right? Martika sings my guilty pleasure song, Toy Soldiers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Step by step, hot to hot. I love that song. Yeah, that song I do. I get moving to that song. I, I sing it. It's very embarrassing. Um, Alicia Keys. I how, do. I like Alicia Keys. How come you don't call me anymore? I don't want to talk to your ass. So I always heard, and I, I, I want to find this out because uh, I heard that Prince wrote a song for the Foo Fighters. No shit. That's what I, I know he covered it, but, uh, which song? Um, I always heard that he did, uh, best of you. I can see that. I always heard best of you was maybe he just covered it. He covered it on the Super Bowl, And then he got controversied for, for the, he was behind the curtain. He lifted up his guitar and it looked like a phallus. Well, it, he did. This was a year after Janet Jackson's boobs came out. Yes, it was. So, it, he just covered that song. He didn't write it. Because what happened was the Foo Fighters covered Darling Nikki. Yep. To re- respond to that, Prince covered Best of You on the Super Bowl. And I think it was like, hey, you did one of my songs, I want to do one of your songs now. But Dave Grohl said he he enjoyed it, I, I guess. He said it was his proudest musical achievement. If Prince was still alive, I think he would have been on this tribute concert. Oh, yeah, for the, the uh, drummer? Yeah. I'm sure he would have been. But, yeah, he... he so you he, see what's his... Fuck's his name from Blink-182 was playing drums? Oh, uh, Travis... Uh, Travis Barker. Barker, yeah. And, um... Fuck's his name. The singer. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl, sorry. I don't know, I might have drew a blank. Travis Barker's playing super fucking quick. And Dave Grohl turns around and looks at him and is like, fuck are you doing? Slow down. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he put out, uh, after after he did, he disbanded the revolution. And then he made... We will have no more revolution. There was no more revolution. Viva la revolution. Then he put out the sign, O oh, the Times. And... The follow-up single, you know, Side of the Times was was the first single. If I Was Your Girlfriend was the next single. 
And then you got the look by uh, his duet with Sheena Easton. And that was like the big hit off of that uh, off of that album. And another great song. He, like anybody that wanted to collaborate, he jumped in with him, it seemed like. Yeah. And it was, it was he always, they were always better for the experience. You oh, know, yeah. It, it, how could you not be? So, then we, you know, we went. I, was, he, I would have liked to see him do, do a collaboration with like, you know, like a metal band back in the day. Oh, yeah. I think that would have been amazing. Like him with like the Red Hot Chili Peppers back in the day. Oh, that would have been great because they both have a funk background. Yep. Uh, he did appear on Madonna's album, Like a Prayer. He co-wrote and sang. I thought he did do Like a Prayer, the song. Uh, well, he co-wrote and sang a duet with her on a song called Love Song. And he played guitar, uncredited, on Like a Prayer, Keep It Together, an act of... Contrition? What the hell does that mean? I don't know. Well, they, she probably couldn't. They, he probably wanted. You're like, if you're going to put my name on this album, I want to be paid this much, or I'm just going to do it. You pay me a little bit. Now you can just, yeah, not put my name on it. Yeah, maybe he just wanted to work with her. Well, he started doing um, more movies that we'll talk about later, but he put him on hold because Tim Burton asked him to write the greatest soundtrack. Second greatest soundtrack ever. Well, he yeah, for Batman. Yep. Um, because he's a huge Batman's fan. Batman's? Batman's. Batman's? Batman's. That would be Batman. Batman. He's fan, He's a fan of all of them? All of the Batman. All of the Batman. Um, it's a multiverse thing. I, I saw a thing. It had, it was a picture of Adam West. Yeah. And he said, I, I never said the line, I am Batman. And at the bottom it said, when I showed up, I just showed up and people knew who the fuck I was. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if he ever said that. I can see him, I can see him doing that. Yeah. Crazy ass Adam West. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. But the Batman album went to number one on the Billboard charts. And the single Bat Dance went to number one on Billboard Hot 100 and the R&B charts. So... That Batman, that Batman uh, soundtrack, just fucking great. Yeah. I mean, and to do, you know, that was one of the, it, was, it wasn't one of the first comic book movies, because you had Superman, you had... It was a yeah, big one, though. But it was one of the first big ones. Well, like, Superman came out in the 70s, I think, 77 or 76. Yeah. And then you had, like, your Spider-Man TV shows, your Incredible Hulks. Yeah. Um, your Captain America's shit like that, but this was like the first big production movie oh, yeah. of the eighties for Superman for a superhero movie. Yeah, and it was in eighty nine. Yeah. So, and I remember, dude, I made we had I carved a pumpkin into the bat symbol. Yeah. That year, I didn't win anything, but I was still proud of it. <laughs> you still have it? No. Ah, oh, that sucks. I threw away last year. <laughs> last year, it was it was, <laughs> it was finally starting to fall apart. You had it in the freezer. <laughs> Oh, it was starting to grow legs. <laughs> well, he he continued to. Uh, what are you going for there? Donut. Oh, you're going for the uh, the peanut butter cup, peanut butter cup one. Yeah. Yeah, Her- Herb's donuts rocks. I like them. Yeah. Um. So he he started making albums, and he decided 
you know, he had said he wasn't going to tour anymore. He started touring again. Uh, and started trying to make more movies. And we'll talk about those later. But they, they didn't they didn't pan out well for him. He's, but, not, he's not a very good actor. Well, yes and no. He did put out the Graffiti Bridge album. And that had this song that I, I love this song. It's not as popular as some of his others. It only reached number six on the Hot 100. Thieves in the Temple. Okay. Yep. Great song. Great song. He also... There's a lot of he, donut. <laughs> that, yeah, I could tell. That, that, well, it's got like two inches of frosting. Dude, it's like so much with chocolate and peanut butter. Peanut butter it's like almost overwhelming. Yes. I was going to get the Tang donuts, but they didn't have any. I think I got some pink one. Did I get pink one? No, What's I didn't. Pink one? No, that's cho- that's a cotton candy. I'm going to eat the rest of that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> You've tapped out to the donut. I've tapped out. Uh, but the, he had the, the song Round and Round was on this album, and it featured a teenage Tevin Campbell, who Tevin Campbell, we know, went on to his own stardom. Um. Uh, Maybe you didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah, Who the hell was Tevin Campbell? Um, guy that sang on a Prince album. Oh. And then he had his own career. Was he the DJ in the Batman? I don't know. The Bat Dance song? Let me look. Uh, let me... He, uh, he had a song called Can We Talk? He had a song called I'm Ready. Um, let me find his, his big hits. His two songs are sound like they're both about like a breakup. Can we talk? I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, he's depressing. Yeah, can we talk? I'm ready. <laughs> you know, I just can't do this anymore. I'm ready to move on. Um. Okay, now I can get another bite. <laughs> oh, that lasted a long time. So, then we got into this kind of weird phase for Prince, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he changed his name. To a weird cross. Well, yeah, that's like symbol thing. He was an artist formerly known. Yeah. And that's when he started. It was the Kind of like what Kanye is doing now. Kind of. But he started with, He started a band called the New Power Generation. And they... What if it's all the same people and he just keeps changing the name to make it sound different? It wasn't, though. The people left, people came back. But this is when he put out my favorite Prince song. Absolute favorite Prince song. Diamonds and Pearls. Oh, that's a good song. I yeah. love that song. Um, I think the drummer for Faith No More played with him for a while, too. Oh, really? Yeah, I think Mike so. Mike Gordon? Yeah. He played with Ozzy as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's Ozzy's drummer right now. Yeah, I think he is. Um, and you know who else he played for? Who? Faith No More. He did? Yeah. Which is one of my favorite And he's supposed to be, he's supposed to be playing for that Pantera reunion. Really? No, no, no. I think it's the drama for Anthrax. Yeah, Charlie yeah. Benet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's when uh, he did he did Diamonds and Pearls. He did Cream and Get Off. 22 positions in a one-night stand. Get Off. Cream. Yeah, those are great songs. Um, I think... I think about coffee. Yeah, I think so. It's, it, yeah, it's... How do you like your coffee? Cream. Cream. <laughs> yeah, um... <laughs> Wipe your right cheek. You have chocolate on it. <laughs> that's, it that's cream, buddy. It looked, you know, it was, it was chocolate, and it, the way the light was hitting it, it looked like glitter. 
That was like, maybe it was glitter. No, it was chocolate. I, I, I inspected Don't judge it. me. And then he also put out um, Sexy Motherfucker. Which sexy Motherfucker. I love that. Sexy Motherfucker. <laughs> sexy Motherfucker. I love that song. That's a song about me. Is it? Yeah, he wrote that for me. I'll be damned. He looked at me one day. He said, damn, you a sexy motherfucker. I said, I don't know. I know. Um, Shut up, baby. I know. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he kept, he put out albums. I mean, he's, he's got shit. That, you know who that song could be about, dude? Ooh. Bender from Futurama. Sexy motherfucker? Yeah. Yeah? He'd be like, that's what he goes. That's what I said. He goes, shut up, baby. I know. Shut up, baby. I know. And he walks around. He does pimp walk. <laughs> so, he, at this point, he started putting out, like, he put out three greatest hits albums. Prince, the singles. Yeah. It was three fucking albums worth of shit. Holy shit. Um, he also put out, like, uh, Prince, the B-sides. He just started, like, putting out shit that it was like here's a bunch of songs that I've already put out let's put them out again and they sold like hotcakes fuck yeah um the guy he put his name on everything now the reason he did that symbol thing he was in a record contract he wished to get out of and so he pulled it same thing like we talked about Hulk Hogan has a 10 inch penis yeah Tony Terry Bollea does not have a 10-inch penis. That's how he got out of that. So, Prince had a record contract. This goofy symbol... Prince has a 10-inch penis. Yeah. I don't know for a fact, but we're not going (laughs) to... Google that, would you? All right. (laughs) Don't Google it, because then we're going to have authorities knocking on the door. (laughs) Hold on. Are you really Googling? I'll do it quick. (laughs) Does Prince have... Are you really fucking Googling that? Don't judge me. Okay. Ah, here we go. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> it's a website. <laughs> don't, don't, you don't want that. You got a website for Googling that. It's on Prince.org. Um... No, it's only seven inches. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> right there. No, now we know. Uh, now we know. Fucking hilarious. So he he wished to because get... it's about Vanity talk, sang about it. Oh, that's right. Yes, and that's another thing. He had so he had the time. He had Vanity Six was another band that he produced. Yep. We'll talk more about that later. She was in the Last Dragon. Was she? Yeah. I'll be damned. She was the DJ girl in The Last Dragon. I don't remember that. What? I mean, I've Vanity seen... was like super hot. I know that. Um, But he was trying to get out of... The, the reason he was releasing all these greatest hits albums, he was trying to get out of that contract with Warner Brothers. And he had so many records he had to put out. So that's what he started doing. He was putting out the B-sides. He's putting out uh, the greatest hits stuff. And then he's like, fuck it. I, you know, they didn't want to release all that shit. They're like, that doesn't count. So he said, guess what? I am not Prince anymore. I'm a symbol. And so then he was the artist formerly known as Prince or the artist. And yeah, because they didn't say Prince anymore. They said that he was the artist. The artist. And then he just started putting albums out like crazy. He wouldn't have his own label? Well, he, he so just so that he could get out of that contract, 
he just started just dumping albums like crazy because he had all this music. He probably, he probably, he's probably, he, he probably has shit. They probably had shit in his house after he died. Oh, they have tons. They have tons. That was never released. Yeah, they do. They have, they have a vault. Uh, so he would appear. Is he, is he in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yet? I don't know. If he's not, he needs to be. Well, I'm or sure we'll get to have, that. Get his own Hall of Fame. He should have a wing. Yeah. He would when he would perform live when he was still under uh, contract. Imagine with Warner him and Lemmy playing together. Oh man, that'd be great. Yes, it would. Uh, when when he was still under contract to Warner Brothers, when he would appear live, he would write the word "slave" on his face and protest. I've seen him do that. Yeah, I think he did it on Saturday Night Live too. Well, he also was blaming Warner Brothers for not promoting the onslaught of records that he just dumped out. And they, they wouldn't be bad because I don't think he did anything bad. No, I don't think Burns knew how to write anything bad. But I don't it, think I don't think he it was in his character. No, to make a bad song. He uh, they they just they quit promoting him, and so Prince he, could sing the ABCs and it would go fucking triple platinum. Oh yeah, I would actually love that. Uh, so then he A is for your ass. In my face. <laughs> B is for your boobs because I'm jiggling them all over the place. Oh, Jesus Christ. Don't say the C word. <laughs> We're just going to stop oh, right now. Oh, God, I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, I had a good one, too. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know what <laughs> Prince would have been proud. So, what he did to, to Fuck. what he what he did oh my God. is he oh. went. There was a bootleg that was had been widely circulated. So he got a hold of the bootleg and he released it. Oh shit! It, it, it was called the Black Album. He released it, and then. After he did all of these greatest hits, all these really rapid things, Warner Brothers is finally like, fine. You want to put out this record, put it out. And the, the record of all new material was called Come. And then he wanted to have... That's what I was going to say. Yes, I'm sure that's what you were going to say. I. He wanted to have... That, prob- that, that name on that album was probably censored. No, it was uh, C-O-M-E, come. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and He's a lot more mature than I am. <laughs> well, and knowing how he changed up the spelling of, like, he used, like, the, the number two instead of the word two. Yeah. Or just a U, the letter U instead of Y-O-U. I'm surprised that he didn't do that. Um, but he, he, wanted, he wanted to have his... his uh, Next album released because he was putting out other albums on other labels too as a symbol, and they allowed him to release the single "The Most Beautiful Girl in the World" on a small independent uh, distributor. It was a small independent label. Oh shit! Reached number three, and they were like, "Ah, eh, we don't really want to do this." So Warner Brothers wanted to release this album called The Gold Experience themselves. And it had low sales, and they said, you've saturated the market with your stuff. And 
so he and therefore he fought with Warner Brothers constantly. In two thousand three, so now we're we're getting into you know like where we don't you know really talk about, but we're we're talking about Prince. We're almost two decades in. Uh, in two thousand three, an Italian court said that the song "The Most Beautiful Girl in the World" had plagiarized a song called "Taken Me to Paradise" by some Italian artists, and he. They said even in 2015, the case was still ongoing. Holy shit. So the Italian uh, royalties governing body, they recognize these artists from Italy as co-authors of The Most Beautiful Girl in the World for the music. So it wasn't until 1996. So we're back. Okay. Chaos and Disorder was the uh, final album for Warner Brothers and it is one of his least successful albums so he didn't have any more contractual obligations to Warner Brothers so he decided it's time for a comeback so he made a 36 song 3 CD set Wow! each disc was an exactly an hour long it's called Emancipation this was released on his very own label called NPG Records, New Power Generation Records, and EMI distributed that. He did not use controversy music, which he had used for everything else. He changed the, he made a new company. Yeah. Called Emancipated Music Incorporated. Emancipation went platinum. Holy shit. It's a first record that featured covers of other songs. Okay, here's the covers that he did. Joan Osborne's One of Us. Yep. Which, decent song. Uh, Betcha by Golly Wow. Uh, I Can't Make You Love Me, which Bonnie Raitt did. Yep. La La Means I Love You were some of the uh, covers that he did on that. Um, then he put out a five CD collection Holy of unreleased fuck. material called Crystal Ball. And they said that it was so disorderly. This is like getting into internet age. Yeah. Fans pre-ordered this album on his website a year before it was shipped. Really? The pre-orders were delivered months after the, the record actually went on sale in record stores. The retail edition only had four discs. It was missing the Karma Sutra disc. Uh, there were... Two different packages. There were, for retail, um, one was a four-disc-sided jewel case with a white cover and the symbol in a colored circle. The other one contained all four discs in a round, uh, clear, like, translucent jewel case. Yeah. And, I mean, he, he just was throwing... He started throwing albums out. Three months later, he released another album. He collaborated with Shaka Khan. Uh, he... I mean, just just started putting shit out left and right. And he promoted on live appearances, uh, by live appearances, on Vibe with Sinbad and the Today Show on NBC. He played the summer concert series. Oh, nice. In 1999, he signed with Artistry Records, put out a new album. And a few months earlier, Warner Brothers released... The Vault Record. So, uh, another collection of unreleased material recorded by Prince throughout his career. 
Then they did a pay-per-view concert. It was broadcast on New Year's Eve, 1999. It consisted of footage from his December 17th and 18th concerts of the 1999 tour back in the 80s. Oh, so it wasn't an actual live... It was, but it just had... It, it had other... You know, he, he broadcast a live concert yeah. and showed old footage. Okay. Um, had guest musicians, George Clinton, Jimmy Russell, The Time, and Lenny Kravitz. Then he, throughout the 2000s, he kept plugging away. Um, he stopped using the symbol as his name because the publishing contract with Warner had expired. Yeah. So he said he was freed from the undesirable relationships associated with the name Prince. He wanted to go back to that name and reinvent himself. So he continued to use the symbol as his logo, and he played a guitar shaped like his former name. Yep. But then he just released a shitload of records, like at least one a year, sometimes two a year. Um, Warner Brothers was still putting out best of albums, so cashing in on him. They were him. just trying to cash in on him. Yeah, well, they had the rights to him. Yep. So they just kept regurgitating the old shit. So he would, you know, he he was trying to engage with his fan base. So he started a music club, and he would let people come to pre-concert sound checks if they were a member of this club. Uh, he would let them come to a yearly music festival at Paisley Park, which is his music studio. Oh, nice. Um, he would invite fans to the studio for tours. He was doing interviews. He was doing open discussions. Uh, he was doing listening parties. And one of the fan discussions was filmed for a documentary directed by Kevin Smith. Yeah. It was never released. Oh, no shit. Um, but Kevin Smith did, and I was just talking to uh, to Sam uh, earlier about this. Does he know Kevin Smith? Uh, he does not know Kevin Smith. Oh. But Kevin Smith said he got to tour The Vault, and he said, there is music for the end of the world. When the world ends, everybody go to Minnesota, and if all music is destroyed, go. Because Prince has enough music for the rest of time that wow. he has not released. There are movies in there. There, there are videos in there that are fully produced. He's got tons of unreleased material. So he in two thousand four. Now we're getting into you know we're still going to talk about it. In two thousand four, he was on the uh, the Grammy Awards with Beyonce. Yep. And they did a medley of Purple Rain, Let's Go Crazy, Baby I'm a Star, and Beyonce's Crazy in Love. I remember. Okay, I remember this. So that was in February of two thousand four. So, the following month, which would be March of 2004, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Good. Alicia Keys inducted him, along with uh, Big Boy and Andre 3000 from Outkast. I like him. So, he performed his a trio of his own songs, and he also participated, and this is amazing, he participated in a tribute to fellow inductee George Harrison. And he, Oh, yeah, because George had just passed away. Yes, and he played uh, on a, like a uh, uh, all-star jam of While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Yeah. This thing, you've got all the, like, okay, so it had Tom Petty. It had, uh, I think, McCartney and Ringo played on this. Um, Jeff Lynn. So the surviving members of the Traveling Wilburys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember who all, there was a, t- there was a bunch of, of guitar players. Eric Clapton was on stage with them. I think I remember this. They're all playing. And 
Prince ends the song with a two-minute guitar solo, and you could see the rest of them just kind of stop and watch him. Uh-huh. It's like, what the fuck? He blew everybody off the stage. The guy was a very underrated and amazing guitar player. Eric Clapton was asked in an interview, and Sam and I just talked about this as well. Yeah. Uh, Eric Clapton was asked in an interview, what's it like to be the greatest guitar player in the world? And he said, I don't know, go ask Prince. Yeah, no shit. So Clapton acknowledged him as the greatest guitar player in the world. And then, so I told Sam this story. So, um, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. Yep. Amazing guitar player. He was Jimi Hendrix's favorite guitar player. Really? Billy Gibbons was. Because Hendrix said you could hear every single note that he played. He said it's just beautiful. And when Billy Gibbons... This is before the beards. Yeah, oh, way before, yeah. Uh, ZZ Top opened for, for Hendrix. So oh, no shit. After they had toured for a while... Uh, Hendrix would request that his hotel room be right across the hall from Billy Gibbons. So as you, I've heard this, so they could jam. Together. So they could jam together, and they could listen to music together, and all that. So Billy Gibbons, I mean, he you know he was not. I don't know if you want to say on par with with Hendrix and all these guys. He definitely was. He was. He, he's a great great player. Um, so I saw it. In an interview with Billy Gibbons, Can you imagine that him and Jimi Hendrix are across the hall from each other. It was just a big wall of smoke. Yeah, <laughs> smoke and music. Yeah, that's all it was. Smoke and music. Yeah, but where where's uh, Billy and Jimmy? I uh, just follow the smoke and music. <laughs> so Billy Gibbons said that uh, when when they when ZZ Top plays a gig, he doesn't just go back to the bus and because each one of the members had their own bus. Yeah, that's how they get along, got along for as long as he did. Um, so he said, I don't just go get on my bus and go to sleep. He said, I like to go check out the town after the show, go find a good all-night uh, barbecue joint mm-hmm. or some good local food. I go to a local club where I can check out some musicians, hang out, maybe jam, whatever. So he was in Minneapolis. He goes into this club to hear some music. And they asked him if they could take him to the VIP section. He's like, no, no, I want to, I want to check out the band. They go, no, someone wants to speak to you. He's like, okay. He was escorted to a booth, a private booth, where Prince was. And so he sits down and Prince goes, I want to talk to you because I have a question. When you play LaGrange, how do you do that one little thing? And he goes, I don't know. I just do it. But I got a question for you. When, <laughs> when you play, you know, when doves cry, you do that thing. How do you do that? He goes, I don't know. He goes, tell you what, let's go to my studio. You bring your guitars and whatever you need. I'll bring, uh, I got my guitars there. He goes, we'll figure this out. And he said they spent all night just jamming and playing each other their music. Yeah. And then, you know, like he would play the part that Prince asked about. He goes, oh, this is what you're doing. And Billy's like, I had no clue what I was doing. I just do it. Yeah. And Prince would play his thing. He's done it so long. Yeah. Just just memory. Yeah. And then um, Prince would play his song and and Billy's like, oh, so that's this and that. They analyzed each other's music. That's crazy. And he was like, I have never seen a guitar player that good. So... You have some of the best guitar players in the world saying, "No, check out Prince." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that I think we've had this conversation not on the show, but we've had this conver- same conversation. We might have talked past. about what we talked about ZZ Top because we did yeah. talk about ZZ Top. Yeah, that's right. Uh, when when uh, Dusty Hill died, um, so, uh, yeah, he so he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and he just kept kicking ass. He would. He would, you know, like jump on with uh, Stevie Wonder and play guitar on some of his songs. Um, he was a musical guest in 2006 on SNL. 
he he played. Uh, they just won award after award and played on all the award shows. And he was inducted in 2006 into the UK Music Hall of Fame. Nice. Uh, he showed up to collect his award but did not perform. Now, I remember, okay, this is going way back when Purple Rain was winning all the awards. And I remember that was back when you couldn't look at Prince, you couldn't, you couldn't talk to Prince, you couldn't look at him, you couldn't sit next to him, you couldn't, yep. you know, you couldn't walk in front of him. And he had that giant bearded bodyguard that went everywhere with him. Okay. And when Prince went to accept his awards, the bodyguard would take the award and hand it to him. Holy they, shit. And then Prince would just kind of wave and he wouldn't give a speech or anything. Yeah. I remember that and I was like, why is he doing that? And my mom's like, I don't know, he just doesn't want to talk, I guess. Because I was like, oh, Prince, there's a Prince on TV. And I was like, who's that guy? He's like, that's his, that's his bodyguard. I'm like, oh looks, God. kind of looks like dad. <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I remember that. He he was everywhere. Then that Super Bowl show that he played in 2007 yep. was amazing. Purple Rain. Oh, I thought it was great. It was one of my favorite Super Bowl half. That was shows. one of the best ever. And when he... Played Purple Rain, it started raining. Yep. And he jammed it out. Uh, yeah, that was fantastic. So, I mean... I think because he started out with Let's Go Crazy. Yeah, and, and played... And the audience just... Yep, the they rushed the stage. Um, and that's when he played uh, uh, Best of You. Yep. Um, yeah, that, that was a fantastic show. But he made music, uh, looks like, clear up to... Uh, 2016. Right before he died. Yeah. Um, so he had to postpone. This was going to kind of take a bummer, and then we're going to probably uh, take a break. Um, so in 2016, he had to postpone some performances because he had influenza. And he performed his last show on April 14th of 2016. Still didn't feel good, but he performed. He was flying back to Minneapolis. He became unresponsive, and they had to uh, land his private jet at the Quad Cities International Airport in Moline, Illinois, and he was hospitalized. They gave him... uh, Oh, what fuck. They gave him a medication that was used to block the effects of opioids after an overdose. So it was kind of like Narcan. Yeah. Um... Then he became conscious, and he said, I'm out of here. So he left. He was dehydrated, had influenza for several weeks after that. Then they saw him riding his bike around. His bicycle. Not his motorcycle, his bicycle. He went uh, to record store day. He went to the Electric Fetus uh, record store, made a brief, brief appearance at a dance party at Paisley Park, and said he felt fine. And then uh, went to a concert on the 19th. And they uh, then the twentieth, he called um, or his representatives called a specialist in addiction and medicine and pain management, seeking medical help. And he had an examination. Then they got a phone call on April twenty first, requesting an ambulance to be sent to Paisley Park. Caller said that an unidentified person at the home was unconscious, then said he was dead, and then said it was Prince. That's sad. Yeah. Uh, So they, basically, the cause of death 
an accidental fentanyl uh, overdose. He was 57 years old. The reason that he overdosed on fentanyl was because he had counter. He, there were counterfeit pills uh, that were made to look like uh, hydrocodone, and they didn't know where he got them from. No shit. Yeah. So it ends up that. Uh, and you take fentanyl if you're a heroin addict. Yeah, and fentanyl is a it's a pain medication. Um, but it's very heavily regulated. Yeah. Uh, they did get a search warrant. They searched his local Walgreens pharmacy, trying to figure out if that's where it came from. But there were no charges filed in his in his death. No foul play. See, when when he oh. died, and what he died, or Michael Jackson died. Yeah. And he died. Yeah. And who else? Somebody else died also after right around that. Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett died. Yeah, she had cancer though. No, this was like another musician, somebody who was a big influence on people. Oh, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, but this is like when I was real heavy in my conspiracy things. Yeah. And it it was like, these things happened, and then the world became angry, mm-hmm. and everybody was hating each other yep. for this or that. Yep. I'm like, dude, this was, this, I, and I've told people this, I said, this happened, because these guys here could, could could control and influence the people in the country. Oh, yeah. And so this was going on. So the government said, you know what? We're going to get rid of these people or this person, this person, this person. So we can actually have this happen. Uh-huh. And then they died. And it's almost like parting the Red Sea. Yeah. It almost makes sense. It kind of does, in a very conspiracy theory sort of way. Um, so he was cremated. Uh, he had one full sibling. It, oh, shit. Was it Les Claypool? The, uh, no, it was not Les Claypool. Okay. Uh, he was cremated. He had one sister. He had one full sibling. Um... They did not find a will. He did not have a will. Oh, shit. Uh, no will was found. So, uh... His sister got his estate. He... He didn't have any kids either. He, well, he was... He was divorced twice. The twice-divorced prince was neither married nor known to have fathered any surviving children. So the absence of his will said that his full sister and his five half-siblings... Had a claim to his estate, totaling millions of dollars in cash. Oh, my God. As well as real estate, stocks, and cars. Within three weeks of his death, 700 people claimed to be half-siblings or family members. Um, they had to drill the vault open. They got... Uh, Nobody knew the code? Nope. They drilled the vault open. They uh, were They were authorized to get a blood sample from the coroner. So they could do DNA profiling. So his uh, ashes were placed into a 3D printed custom urn shaped like the Paisley Park estate. Oh, wow. The urn was placed on display in the atrium of the Paisley Park complex. So there there are no additional uh, claims to his estate other than his sister and five half-siblings. So six people divided that up. 
Just this year, the estate settled. Just this year. That's nuts. So, and, yeah, they, uh, he, you know, since then he's been remembered and uh, given awards and, uh, you know, the, the, the Senate, the Senate gave him an award for being a, uh, his achievements as a musician, composer, innovator, and cultural icon. Um, tons of people, you know, kept, just kept his memory alive. Yeah. Uh, well, I remember, like, right after he passed away, because he, he, like, said, you're not putting my music on YouTube. Right. And so, like, right after he passed away, almost the next day, or even almost that same day, his music was on YouTube. Yep. Yep. Uh, he, uh, he got a statue at the uh, Minnesota, uh, or no, he got a statue in the nat- National statuary hall in the United States Capitol. And then, ever since then, by golly, there's albums coming out. They're putting albums out of his recordings. Oh, nice. So, and like I said, Kevin Smith said that there's enough music there for the end of time. They, because all the, I mean, so the guy, the guy didn't do a lot. I mean... Outside of making music, no. I mean, he did. He did his charity stuff, you know. For like, you know, he did like for the, did a lot of stuff for kids and um, urban areas. Uh, so I mean, other than that, the dude sat at home and wrote music. Yeah, that's all and, he did, he, and, and produced music. Yeah, by himself. Uh, I mean, he was a big partier in the eighties. Yeah, and. But probably, I'm guessing, between his extracurricular activities with Vanity and whoever else he was with. Oh, yeah. He was just making music. Yeah. So, so he would get up, he'd fucking... Yeah. <laughs> get write, up and fucking make music. Make music. What a life. So, you know, to kind of bring it up, let's talk about his people that he kind of cited as his influences. And you can see, reading this list, you can see each one of them, how they influenced him. Um, So, Ike Turner, Mm -hmm. James Brown, George Clinton, Joni Mitchell, Duke Ellington, Jimi Hendrix, The Beatles, Chuck Berry, David Bowie, The Earth, The Wind, and The Fire, Mick Jagger, Rick James, Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard, Curtis Mayfield, Todd Rundgren, Carlos Santana, uh, Sly and the Family Stone, Jackie Wilson, Stevie Wonder, and Elvis Presley. There's a lot of mixed different genres of rock in that. Yeah. Um, rock and R&B. And... So, and, and everybody would always compare him to Miles Davis in the way that he would change throughout his career. Yeah. But Miles Davis said that he thought that Prince was a blend of James Brown Jimi Hendrix, Marvin Gaye, uh, Sly Stone, Little Richard, Duke Ellington, and Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. And Prince and Miles Davis performed together at a charity event in Paisley Park. Oh, nice. Um, And they would have an on-again, off-again musical partnership. So, I mean, that's that's cool. Uh, He just, he was amazing. And and he, he wrote all those songs for other people. He covered everybody's music. And he left a lot of amazing music behind. 
So he left a big hole in a lot of people. Yeah, he really did. Um, he was whether, whether you were born in the seventies, eighties, nineties, or even in the last twenty years, you were had some sort of influence by Prince. Yeah, and here's something you'll be interested in: women he was romantically linked to through throughout his career. This is a, this is a big list. Okay, we've already said Vanity. Uh, Jill Jones, she was uh, a back backup singer for Prince. Yep. Sheila E. Uh, did I say Kim Basinger? No. Kim Basinger, Madonna, Carmen Electra. Um, and then some people. Uh, My man. A violin player named Susanna uh, Melvin. Melvin. Mel, yeah, Melvin. And uh, an actress and author named Sherilyn Fenn. She was uh, Audrey on Twin Peaks. Okay. Um, so, yeah. He also was married a couple of times. Um, he was married twice. Yeah. Uh, once to a dancer and once to a Canadian businesswoman. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Just some nobody, huh? Yeah, just, just a common people. It, it sounds like he married. So, cool. But he was an animal rights activist. He was a vegan. But then he said, no, I'm not a vegan. I'm a vegetarian. Um, he was featured in the Vegetarian Times publication. Uh, he was a Jehovah's Witness. He... That was towards the end. Yep. Um, he would go door to door, knocking on people's doors to discuss the Jehovah's Witness religion. Oh my God! Could you imagine? I would, I'd be like, dude, come in, let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> could you? Could you imagine that? It's like, <laughs> knock, knock, knock. What? Oh, hey, You're Prince. <laughs> Are you Prince? <laughs> yes, I am. But I am here to talk yeah. about our Lord and Savior. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I usually don't let those guys in, but. Come on in, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh... I mean, it's just crazy. He he wouldn't speak publicly about his charitable endeavors. No, no, that didn't come out until after he passed away. Um, he anonymously donated $12,000 to the Louisville Free Public Library System. Um, he... Anonymously, anonymously paid the medical bills of uh, James Brown's drummer. He was on, uh, undergoing cancer treatment. He founded uh, Yes We Code. Yes We Code? Yeah, it's called Yes We Code. So it's um, a computer, computer thing. Yeah. Uh, and he helped fund the Green for All which is uh, trying to build a green community while helping lift citizens out of poverty. See, that's what I'm talking about. This guy was good for the community. He really was. Uh, and That's it, why I said... He said he was a saint. Dude, the government or somebody, black ops people, took him out. Yeah, yeah I don't know. You know, if they did, they, they fucked up. That's what they wanted, though. Prince was amazing. 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 Anything else you want to talk about Prince's musical career before we take a little break No, here? but I think the idea of Prince becoming a saint is a great idea. 
Saint Prince. Saint Prince. Patron saint of everything. Sexy motherfuckers. Sexy motherfuckers. Patron saint of that pussy control. Yeah. <laughs> Patron saint of pussy control. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, let's take a break on that. <laughs> right? I, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure out how to make somebody a saint. I'm gonna get a hold of the Catholic Church or the Jehovah's Witnesses Church and see if they have saints there. I don't know if they have saints. We'll just make it. Up. We'll just say that he's a retro renegade saint. He's a saint, saint renegade. Yeah, saint renegade, renegade saint, prince, renegade prince, patron saint of. Pussy control and sexy motherfuckers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's no disrespect. We both love Prince. Oh yeah. Yo, oh, yeah. What else would he be the patron saint? I mean, yeah, music maybe, but it's more fitting for him to be the patron saint of pussy control and sexy motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. So, take a break. Take a break. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back. And now these messages. Okay, here we go. You pull up in a brand new yet old school little red Corvette. Lights come on. Then we release 1,999 doves. Swinging from a trapeze with a safety net, of course. And would you object to wearing a spacesuit? Swinging from a trapeze. Lights come on. What happens when one of the world's biggest artists takes the world's largest stage? Prince is the Pepsi Super Bowl 41 halftime show, February 4th on CBS. Life is death without invention. The award goes to Prince. The Oscar goes to And the Grammy goes to Prince Rizzo. And the winner is And the Oscar goes to Prince The American Music Award goes to Prince I want you to pay homage to the one and only And the Golden Globe goes to Prince 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 Thank you for this so much. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace and be wild.
Before he created the music, he lived every bit of it. Second film, Under the Cherry Moon, a love and adventure story, and one of four new films we'll be reviewing this week. I'm Gene Sisko, film critic of the Chicago Tribune. And I'm Roger Ebert, film critic of the Chicago Sun-Times. Also on this show, we'll be reviewing Desert Bloom with John Voight as a troubled father living under the cloud of the very first atomic test in Nevada. And The Great Mouse Detective, an animated feature from the Disney Studios. Coming up next, <laughs> the rock star Prince plays an American gigolo on the make in southern France. Our next film is the latest effort by the rock star Prince, who burst to stardom in the movies with his very first picture, Purple Rain. That film was an exciting story of a young man trying to come to terms with his parents, his career, and the woman he loved. It was a classic rites of passage film, thoughtful, deeply felt, with exciting musical sequences, sort of a successor to Saturday Night Fever. By comparison, his new film, Under the Cherry Moon, is a kiddie cartoon about Prince as an American gigolo in southern France, attracted to a very rich young heiress. And when they first meet at a party, they quarrel. The film was shot in black and white. Nice toss. And a nice party. Yes. Pity you weren't invited. Well, I was in the neighborhood, and, um... And you got lost. And I thought this would be fun. Thanks for the present. Awfully sweet of you. Oh, tarot cards. Want me to read your fortune? I bet you'd like to do a lot more than read it, buddy. The name's Christopher, buddy. Not too snappy. Later, after Prince has started to really fall in love with the girl, his best friend tells her that Prince really wants to marry her for her money. You don't really love Jonathan, do you? If I tell you, will you tell me something about the women you go out with? Yes. No. No, you talk. 
seen that scene twice now and I can't figure out why he doesn't answer no or not to you when she asks if he lies now think about this that would be his answer even if he were a liar because a liar would say no I don't lie and would also be the answer if he does love her because he should say no I wouldn't lie to you now when a script can screw up a simple scene like that you know you're dealing with a very dumb script and I'm very proud of your analysis in fact I'm sure that when you were a philosophy major in yeah. college your professors taught you that probably on the first day yes but it's a but it's a mistake right right <laughs> okay it is a mistake. logically it is yes okay now that is not the only mistake in the film there are all sorts of stupid chase sequences between Prince and his buddy and a goon squad employed by the rich girl's father just what people want to see. Prince and his buddy chased over town by a bunch of thugs. Purple Rain <laughs> came from somebody's guts. Some of it was supposedly autobiographical about Prince, and that's why it was so heartfelt and wonderful. But Under the Cherry Moon is a made-up story, and a silly one at that. Save for some nice love scenes and some good music, the film insults our intelligence, and really it insults the intelligence that Prince showed us he had in his film debut. Oh, you're absolutely right. And, of course, Purple Rain was, I thought, one of the best films of the year. This you movie bet. is not even one of the best films while I was watching it in the theater <laughs> at that time, you know. Uh, it's a real disappointment. I think I know what he was trying to do, especially with the black and white photography. He was trying to make a movie that looks like one of those very obscure 30s, uh, third-rate romance uh, yeah. comedies that you see real, real late at night on real poor television stations. And turn off. <laughs> right, and don't look at. And uh, in the title sequence, for example, he's playing the piano and making eyes to the rich yeah. girl's mother, and that's right out of, he wants to look like Rudolph Valentino. Okay. He's even wearing a headdress. Yeah. I understand all of that. What I don't understand is what possessed Prince to want to do this. Yes. Why, with all of the energy and all of the personality in Purple Rain, did he want to play this wimp and why did he want to do it in the south of France? A lot of the black women in the theater with me, and yeah. I, I saw it uh, with a large crowd of people, yeah. were saying, you know, what's wrong with black women? How come there aren't any black women in this picture? Yeah. He's got three white girls around him. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. What I'm saying is, what's he doing in the south of France, especially when he doesn't even speak French uh, in the movie? Well, let me clear up the racial point, because in his okay. music, he's talked in one of his most famous songs, he said that he wishes there were no black or white. So that, I think, he can have a legitimate argument for but beyond that he cannot explain to me why he's in a chase picture see that's what's so stupid in other words have a love story this guy can be one of the great mm -hmm. screen's great lovers he's a very erotic presence mm -hmm. and i think when this movie cooks it's when he's love making love but this chase stuff and the rich girl and the parents are so broadly drawn this is beneath the guy here's a big talent in a small movie well, there's one thing that I do think he does in this movie, and he did it in the other one, too. He has good taste in sidekicks. Yes, he does. This time, the guy we saw there is Jerome Benton, right. who was a member of the band Revolution. In the right. last movie, it was Morris, Morris Day. Day. Both of them They're... are natural comedians. Yep. I don't know. First, he had Morris Day. Now, he's got another one. And the big, the big laughs in the movie, the scenes that really play, are the ones that Jerome Benton with you. has. Are Very you? good. Now, to review the movies on this show. Both Roger and I couldn't stomach Club Paradise. A too crowded script and another bad performance by Robin Williams. We split wildly on Desert Bloom. Roger liked it, but he thought it went in too many directions at once. I love the picture. I think the girl story is terrific. It's a great movie. Oscar voters, please remember the name Annabeth Gish. 
We were back in agreement, though, by being disappointed with Prince's latest film, the flimsy love story, Under the Cherry Moon. And as we said, we're both surprised that The Great Mouse Detective actually is such an entertaining film for kids, and I guess a couple of 40-year-olds, too, so two thumbs up. That's it for this week. Next week at the movie, Sigourney Weaver stars in Aliens, which continues the story of a very unpleasant close encounter of the third kind. And Grace Jones is a campy modern-day vampire in a movie called Vamp. So that's next week. Until then, we'll see you at the movies. The 10th and final movie on our list of the year's 10 worst films is a real disappointment from Prince, whose Purple Rain is one of the best films of two years ago. His bad movie this year was named Under the Cherry Moon, and I was never able to figure out what he was trying to do in this movie, but maybe he was trying to combine an old Fred Astaire film with a perfume commercial. Here he is on the French Riviera, where he and his buddy are gigolos begging for an extension on their rent. Okay, you two. Don't try anything funny. Not this time, Christopher. I want the money, or I'll throw you both out onto the street. Please, madam, look at these poor innocent faces. These mean streets are no place for a couple of fine, decent hoodlums like us. Please, Katie, search in your heart for some kindness. Why don't you try searching in your wallet for some money? I guess it takes a certain amount of courage for anyone to allow himself to be photographed that way, but my advice to Prince is be a coward the next time. <laughs> That's typical of the whole movie, which achieves a nice, glossy, black-and-white look and then never figures out anything entertaining to do with it. Prince is an entertainer who can shock with the power of his music, but as a recycled Fred Astaire, he seems a little bit lost, and the movie's plot is so thin and so silly that even Prince's fans laughed at it instead of laughing with it, yeah. and that's a bad sign. Yeah. The movie didn't really last more than two weeks. No, I saw I saw in a theater with people, and they were laughing at the picture, and uh, I think that it stopped almost with the art direction. I think you're quite right. I think that they wanted to do the stylized, kind of old-fashioned 30s black-and-white picture, and that was where the creativity stopped, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's a stupid story. We get This is the common theme in all of these, most of these pictures. Script failure, script failure, script failure. And that's it for this week. Next week we'll be back with reviews of new movies, including Duet for One, starring Julie Andrews as a world-famous violinist facing a crippling disease, and Wanted Dead or Alive, an action thriller starring Rutger Hauer as a former CIA agent turned bounty hunter. That's next week. Until then, the balcony is closed. The Tappan Space Saver Microwave fits any lifestyle, any room, any space, any place. It's big on good cooking from Tappan, makers of fine appliances. Raisinets and goobers are playing everywhere, starring plump, juicy raisins and great golden peanuts. Both now feature creamy Nestle milk chocolate. Pledge is self-cleaning, so it cleans away old polish for a fresh shine every time you dust. The 1987 edition of Roger Ebert's movie Home Companion, with more than 600 full-length reviews of movies on cassette, is available at bookstores. Mickey Granberry is live at Joe Louis Arena with the Prince concert and the fan or fans that are there. Nikki? Lots of fans standing out here at Joe Louis Arena. Lots of orderly fans. 18,500 of them expected tonight. The gate should be opening doors at about 6.30. The concert is at 8. Thousands of people here to see His Majesty of Purple Funk. They were waiting for that here. And you know what they want to see? We're going to let you see a little bit of what these people are waiting to see. Mr. Prince, the guy, singing a little bit of Purple Rain, I understand. I never meant to call you 
Now, standing with me is Sharon Burton, who, along with the Burton and Brookins girls, and this is Kim Burton, let me make this right, did this 12-foot banner here. How long did it take us to do this? It took us about two days. We and started last night. And you're Renaissance High student? Yes, we are. And one Wayne County Community College uh -huh. student, too. Uh -huh. Okay, so lots of people waiting to see Prince. Seven shows, 150,000 people. The first of four months, he wanted to start it here, they tell me, because Detroit has been good to Prince, and he wanted to give some back. They're here to get some of what he's getting to. I'm live at Joe <laughs> Thanks, Nikki. We're still trying to figure out what it is that he's getting. That's our news. We'll see you back Bound to please even the most Prince addicted. Seven Prince concerts here at Joe Lewis Arena. The crowds were orderly on this first night, and purple, Prince's favorite color, could be found everywhere, from shirts to eyelids. What would you like him to know? I love him. <laughs> And here is the love object, all five foot four of his purple strutting majesty, Prince Rogers Nelson. A little under 20,000 people are expected to attend each night's concert, totaling 150,000 when the show ends next Monday, the 12th. I'll try to get to all of them. All of them? Seven shows? Yes. $17.50? Well, yeah. Rich Daddy, who's paying this? He's worth it. He's worth it. Tickets are $17.50 and are still available for each of the shows. Prince decided to kick off his four-month nationwide tour here in Detroit because organizers say Detroit has been good to him, and he wanted to give some of that goodness back. In Detroit, Nikki Granberry, Channel 2 Eyewitness News. Let's go crazy. Prince. Let's get nuts. The Purple Rain Tour. December 7th at the R. Prince and the Revolution and introducing Sheila E. Get tickets on Monday at Festival Tickets 224 Delaware and at all the usual festival on next states in Canada. Prince. The kid is hot. Joey just placed pulled 17,000. We made our usual 35 and the kid made 1,500. $1,500? We, we got to make more money. has arrived. Guess who the queen is? The queen. The kid. You and your crew can with bars. You take the club. Lock keys and all. The king. How do you want to die? Bad blood. I want my money, but this joint is mine. Hot Stellas. Just as long as I hurt you. In a story the way only Prince could tell it. Honey boy. With music. Stable.
Fields, George Clinton, Ingrid Chavez, Tevin Campbell, and Prince. Graffiti Bridge. Now what time is it? shit we're back how was your break it was good i had to pee so bad i know okay i i had something i wanted to talk about earlier and it has to do with that um so you know i, I like to cook yeah so uh last week i made this it was like a crab rangoon type filling oh yeah and you know it's you know crab meat cream cheese um i don't know what all i put in there like buy some green onions or something but i made this it was really good uh, garlic. I made this nice thing, and my goal was that I was going to make not to shit yourself. Well, that that's always the goal. Um, but I, I was going to make a chili riano with poblano peppers. Okay. But I knew that was going to take a little while to cook, so the fat kid in me <laughs> decided I'm going to be making all of I this. I can just see this is like the fucking was it the kicks commercial? Yes. But the fat kid in me. Yeah, the fat kid in me. Decided that's going to take a long time to cook to get the peppers soft. So, I bought some mushrooms as well. And I took the stems out of the mushrooms and I chopped them up and I put them in the crab meat mixture. Mm -hmm. And then I stuffed the mushrooms with the crab meat mixture, put them in the oven to make a little appetizer for me to eat while the peppers cooked. Okay. Put cheese on top of it. It was delicious. But I got home like at 11 o'clock that night. I made that. I put it in and I just ate the mushrooms for, for dinner. So then, two days later, yeah, I, I had some tortillas, so I was putting that crab meat stuff in the tortillas. Two days later, I'm like, oh, man, i got to get those peppers stuffed. I've still got some of this crab meat. So I cut the peppers. I stuffed the peppers with the, with the, the crab thing. And I was like, okay, this is going to be good. Put them in the oven. Then I went and peed. And not thinking, well, didn't think anything of it. Uh, all of a sudden, I got this, like, this warm tingling sensation <laughs> no it wasn't painful it just got really warm in my pants did you pee yourself no i had been handling poblano peppers <laughs> okay and yeah i've done this no, and not, not so the same i got area. like this this it was just like a, a warm tingling sensation like i said it wasn't painful yeah <laughs> but i stopped and i was like what the hell's going on down there now? You got the clap. I'm like, well, I don't know where I would have got it from. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And I'm like, what did I do? Did I, I thought maybe did I, did I touch like some tiger balm or something? And, ah, it's not It's not that kind of burning. Burning. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I'm like, I smell it. I'm like, oh, yeah, those peppers. Oh, my God. It wasn't. Unbearable. It wasn't even really uncomfortable. It was just kind of a warm feeling. I'm like, huh. Well, now something. I'm like, so I went from like, what the hell to, oh, you dumbass. And in that moment, I was you were very, like, oh, that's not too bad at all. It wasn't horrible. But in that moment, I was like, I am so grateful. I decided I'm so grateful that I wasn't working with anything jalapeno or above. Yeah. So my buddy, Corby, he put, I put that on Facebook, and my buddy Corby, Says, oh yeah, he goes, uh, poblano peppers aren't that bad. They only rate 
four red peckers on the red d- dumbass dumbass uh, guy uh, pain chart. There are only four red peckers. He goes, jalapenos are a solid fifteen red peckers. And I'm like, I agree. Oh my god! But yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Oh yeah. So I'm not gonna advocate doing anything like that because it affects you know the results may differ for other people. Mikey's got a new kink. It wasn't bad. <laughs> but I digress. I'm not pepper shaming. Dad, don't pepper shame. Got my little pepper kink going on. So we talked about Prince's music at she didn't have an itchy butthole. At Great Link. I'm glad I didn't have an itchy butthole. Oh my god. Could you imagine that? Oh, that would have burned. Pepper on your anus? Yeah, had to put some like milk or something. <laughs> some ice cream. Ice cream on your butt. And the thing is, I, I think I only have Rocky Road ice cream right now, so that would look horrible. <laughs> so um we talked about Prince's musical career. Yep. At length. But Prince also had some success and not so successful. He had a successful movie. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that one last so we end on a high note. Yeah, we don't want to end on my note. Because we don't want to, yeah. So in 1986, Prince put out a romantic musical comedy drama, which was also, he, he starred him. But also, it was his directorial debut. It also stars Jerome Benton from The Time, uh, Stephen Burkoff, Kristen, er, yeah, Kristen Scott Thomas, who's a British actress. I've heard of her before. She was in Four Weddings and a Funeral. Okay. And uh, I guess that's better than Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. I love Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. That's our next, I told you. We're yeah, we're going to do that Joe. one. We're going to do, we're going to do a Joe Pesci show. Um, and, and Francesca Anis. Anis. Yeah. Um, Francesca Anis. So this movie is called Under the Cherry Moon. It's basically, it's about uh, Prince and Jerome from the time are gigolos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a comedy, huh? <laughs> They're gigolos. And they are are, everywhere I go. Prince didn't write that. (laughs) He should have. I know. Uh, But they spend their days identifying rich women to target in order to gain large amounts of money via marriage. So So they're con men. They're con men. They're they're gigolos that are con men. Um, That's what what Deuce should have been. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a a uh, brief. Explanation of this because I'm not reading that whole thing. Here is from IMDb. Two cousins from Miami, Florida are in the Mediterranean, enjoying life by scamming money off of rich women. One day they read about a young woman uh, who is set to inherit $50 million from her father. This is dirty, rotten scoundrels. At first, Tricky, played by Jerome Benton, has Christopher Tracy, Prince, talked into romancing her for money. But as he gets to know her, Christopher falls in love with her. This love comes between the cousins, and Tricky tells all about the plan. The tagline is, see it, hear it, feel it, live it. That's my tagline. I know it is. Um, so... Whatever the hell that was. See it, feel it, li- lick it. Lick it, yeah. Flick it. That, that's what it was. 
Um. <laughs> so uh, when when they had their I'm deprived <laughs> <laughs> when they had their world premiere at the Centennial Twin Theater in Sheridan, Wyoming, where all great movies had their premieres. Oh my God. The evening included an after-party and a 45-minute private concert by star and director Prince at the local Holiday Inn. <laughs> oh. Local resident Lisa Barber won the right to host the premiere when she was the 10,000th caller on MTV's Prince Under the Cherry Moon contest. 10,000th caller. Who was that? 10,000th caller. She also won a bowl of quisps. Quisps. Um... Several cast she members was very disappointed in everything. Several cast members attended, including Prince, Joni Mitchell, and Ray Parker Jr. What? Ray Parker Jr. was in it? Apparently. At least he went to the uh, premiere. This film was filmed in Did color. You see Ghostbusters? Uh, no. That was a different movie. Um It was filmed in color? It was filmed in color but released in black and white. That's What? Yeah. Um Chris, I want to see the color version. Kristen Scott Thomas, who I believe was making her feature film debut, um, she she doesn't like the movie. Uh, <laughs> she said, when I left drama school, I was more afraid of not working than all of the actual material I was being offered. And if you look at my very first film, you'll understand exactly what I mean. So Prince was not the original director. Mary Lambert was the original director. Mary Lambert? Yeah, now Mary Lambert... Um, let me let me get get a list of shit that she's directed here because you'll know a lot of this. So Mary Lambert is known. Is this her directorial shit? Okay, as a director, she directed uh, a bunch of music videos for Madonna, The Go Go's, Sheila E, The Arrhythmics, um, Sting, the musician, not the wrestler. Then she directed a film called Pet Cemetery. Then she directed an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Bunch of stuff for Blondie, Deborah Harry, Bobby Brown, The Pretenders, Motley Crue, Without You video. Um, so she's really good at making music videos and one really good horror movie. Well, then she directed a movie called Pet Cemetery 2. Which was not as good as the original. Then a uh, bunch more music videos, some made-for-TV movies. Um... Uh, B-52s, Halloween Town 2. That's um, a kid movie. Urban Legends, Bloody that, Mary. Those, that's, you know, that one's not bad. The Bloody Mary one? Yeah. Um, then she directed this movie called Mega Python vs. Gatoroid. That is actually a really good movie. She directed an episode that's of... One of them, that's one of them sci-fi channel movies. Yeah. Uh, she directed episodes of The Goldbergs, Arrow, and Law and Order. Um, okay, so she's got a good long rap sheet yeah she's she's got a, a you know a decent resume well she and prince had some creative differences so he took over as directing um so they uh it was filmed in europe so they weren't covered by the director's guild of america mm-hmm. jesus christ <laughs> um so he could uh he could actually do this and not have any repercussions yeah um, he wrote Manic Monday for the Bengals. We've established that. And he used the pseudonym Christopher Tracy, which is a character he plays in this movie. They, oh, he used the name Christopher Tracy as who wrote it? Yes. Oh, nice. Um, Madonna was originally offered 
the lead role, but she, uh, Madonna was replaced by Susanna Melvin. Okay. This wasn't Suzanne Summers. Right. Although that would have been cool too. Um, yeah, they, uh, MTV, <laughs> MTV is actually the ones that said, you're going to premiere this in Sheridan, Wyoming. And here's the contest we're going to do. <laughs> the lady that won was a 22-year-old hotel chambermaid. Um, I didn't she, know they still had those. I think that's just a fancy word for housekeeping. Okay. It's not. I know what you're thinking. It's, that's not what it is. Because uh, the chambermaids the ones who like made the bed how hot and everything and warm I, and, and then they, they got yeah. rid of your chamber pot? Yes. Yeah, exactly. They had to carry your pee around. She was escorted to the party by Prince. He sat with her in the theater and had her as a special backstage guest at the concert at the after party. And then she was escorted by security out. Yeah, by the <laughs> big guy with the beard. Um, so, uh, Kristen Scott Thomas, she attended the premiere with her mother. And her mother told her afterwards, don't worry, darling. It'll be better next time. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Uh, Prince wrote a poem under the pseudonym of Christopher Tracy. Or no, several lines from a poem that the character wrote, Prince actually wrote, became a song that was featured on Crystal Ball. And uh, it was inspired by the character that Kristen Scott Thomas played. The movie was nominated for uh, Worst Picture at the Hastings Bad Cinema Society's Ninth annual Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. Oh, they got a Stinker Award. It was nominated. Didn't oh. get it. Um, <laughs> what was the song that he made? Was it Little Red Beret? Uh, Raspberry Beret. That's what I said. That was for a different movie. Oh, about a different movie. Um, they they went to scout for locations to film at. Yeah. And uh, they they went out. Him and his management went out to scout, but. Prince decided instead he wanted to go and find some new keyboards and guitars, so he just went to the music shop. <laughs> um, yeah. He's like, I'm going to go get some other shit. You guys go take care of it. Yeah. Uh, I am not having fun with this. This movie, that's probably about all we really need to say about it. It it wasn't that great. but It was, it was debuted in Wyoming. Yeah. There's like six people in Wyoming. Uh, negative reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. A 36% score based on 36 reviews. See? It has an average rating of 3.86 out of 10. And the... Uh, Wait, what did Ebert say? You know, I'll get to that. Because he's usually a fuckhead. He probably liked it. The, uh, the, the site says, Under the Cherry Moon may satisfy the most rabid Prince fans, but everyone else will be better served with this Vanity Project's far superior soundtrack. Siskel and Ebert gave this film two thumbs down. They later included it on their worst of 1986 list. Ebert said that this film achieves a nice, glossy, black and white look, but never figures out what to do with it. Well, at least it's one of his nicer negative comments. Um, Dickhead. It went to DVD in 2005, released on Blu-ray in 2016, and it's part of the Prince movie collection. Was, uh... It won a lot of awards. Seriously? Golden, oh, for music. Razzies. 
Oh, it got Razzies. It got Worst Picture, Worst Director, Worst Actor. <laughs> Unless he's both, playing himself. It's both that Prince. Right. Yeah. Worst Supporting Actor, Jerome Bennett. Also Prince. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> worst Original Song, Love or Money by Prince of the Revolution. It was nominated for Worst Supporting Actress and Worst New Star, Kristen Scott Thomas. Oh, that's got to be terrible. And it is tied... <laughs> It's tied with Howard the Duck no for the worst shit. picture. Yeah. It's tied for Howard the Duck for the worst picture of uh, of 96. Oh, or my 86. God. So, enough about cherry, the Cherry Moon so, yeah. uh, thing. So, in 1990, he also released a, 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 a rock musical drama. Uh, this is his final major theatrical uh, he release. He left the Juggalo business. Juggalo. Juggalo. Jig- yeah, he did. Juggalo. <laughs> he might have been Juggalo. He made this movie. It's called Graffiti Bridge. It is a sequel to 1984's Purple Rain. But it's a standalone sequel. You okay. don't have to see the first one to see the second one, but they go together. Because he is playing the same character. The kid. The kid. But he's successful. What do you mean the kid? I'm 45. He, <laughs> he is playing an upbeat performer and co-owner of the club Glam Slam. Isn't that the club that um, Morris owned? That's the club that's in Purple Day that Billy owned. Billy owned it, yeah. Morris was just a... Well, it's... Billy owned First Avenue Club in the okay. first film. Glam Slam is his second club. Um, the other co-owner is Morris Day. Morris Day. His rival, who now also owns his own club, Pandemonium. And they want to control the other clubs in the area. Uh, Sounds like a gang war. Yeah, it's basically it's like a territories. Territory yeah. war. Yeah, they're tr- it, it, but it's music clubs. Um, well, mobsters own strip clubs. What's the difference? However, they're so they're they're trying to take, you know, more stage trying to take over Prince's share in Glam Slam, and then uh, there's this character named Aura. Who was an angel sent from heaven? What? To sway both Morris and the kid into leaving more righteous lives while dealing with their attraction to her. So they fall in love with an angel. Oh, yeah, that happens. Um, so, Jesus Christ. Um, there is a musical battle for the ownership of Glam Slam. <laughs> then, spoiler alert. The angel gets hit by a car, and that makes Morris and Prince decide to settle their dispute and join forces. So they made a super group to help the angel? Um, well, I, I, I'm thinking that the angel got killed. I'm, I'm not sure. You can't sure. kill an angel. I don't, I don't know. I, I, they have to cut their wings off to kill an angel. Well, maybe the car... Did you watch Dogma? Maybe the car knocked their wings off. I don't know. They have to take their wings off, and then they can die. Okay. They become mortal when they take their wings off. So, here's some trivia. As Matt Damon showed you. Here's some trivia. So, Prince's first choice to play Aura the Angel was Madonna. She turned it down uh, after reading the screenplay and calling it a piece of shit. Like, Prince, this is a piece of shit. I love you, dude, but this is a piece of shit. So then he went to his second choice, Kim Basinger, because they were dating at the time. But this, they, So this is before or after Alec Baldwin? Um, probably before. Okay. Um, I don't know, 1990. 
I don't, you know, it's the same time Batman came out. Well, um, Kim Basinger and Prince broke up before the production started, so she was out. And so he wanted to get uh, uh, Sheena Easton or Sheila E., but they settled on someone else. Who was it? Um, her name's Ingrid something. Let me look. I will tell you. I would have gone with Tracy Lords. Tracy Lords. Mm-hmm. Ingrid Chavez. What's she look like? Uh, this gray circle right here. Oh man, she's skinny. She hasn't she hasn't paid for uh, the right to put pictures up on IMDb. Look her up online. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look her up. Ingrid Chavez. Um, though they both appeared together in Purple Rain. This film marks the first and only time that Prince speaks to Morris Day on screen. Um, no, he, he spoke to Morris Day, and I thought he spoke to him on, in Purple Rain. Nope. This is Tevin Ca- Tevin Campbell's theatrical debut. He says fourteen words. So not bad looking. So, um, some of the songs that appeared in this were supposed to be in Batman. But they replaced a couple of them. Yeah. So uh, he put them in this movie. A lot of the performance scenes were filmed at Paisley, you know, at Paisley Park. Nice. Um, and he also would host parties and whatever there. He, he loved that that venue. Uh, so, interestingly enough, he made a movie called Thirty One Twenty One. And it, that was in 2006, and it's unreleased. No shit. Yeah, so he's got a full, another full movie in the vault. Um, this movie led to Prince's de- decision to quit acting. Ingrid Chavez, she sang Justify My Love. Madonna sang Justify My Love. She sings it. Well, it must be a cover. Um, Maybe she wrote it. She's an artist. She was Prince's protege. Yeah. From 87 to 91. George Clinton was in this movie. She was married to Dave Sullivan. Civilian. Mm. Not the, not Dave Sullivan. Not the wrestler? No, this is David oh. Civilian. Um, like the dude the dude who owns the chi- who, who was the dad with the chipmunks. Sullivan. Civilian. Seville. Sylvan. That's what I said. Sylvan. Um, French it up. So, uh, George Clinton was in this, but he only performed the song Can We Funk. Oh, that's a good one. No dialogue. Uh, yeah. Um, this must be the movie. That's, uh, that's, that's about all there is to say about that film. You know, I thought Prince had big hair in Purple Rain, but he had big hair in this one. Yeah, and this where yeah, yeah, he had like the the longer straight hair. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's go to the reception of this. So um, it's almost like James Brownish. Graffiti Bridge was nominated for some awards. Um, they're Razzies, uh, worst picture, worst director, worst screenplay, worst new star, Ingrid Chavez. One, two, three. Yeah, worst actor, worst director. Wow, so it was, it was nominated for all the ones that. I mean, even the poster Cherry Moon was. He said this came out in ninety. Yeah, even the poster just yells nineties. 
It does. I mean, it's it's like it's, it looks like looks like a rejected cover for Soundgarden. Yeah, that it looks like the the uh, Black Hole Sun yeah. video. Um. So again, just like the Cherry Moon movie, the soundtrack was well loved and successful, but the movie sucked. I've seen her in other movies. And Prince said. It was one of, the, one of the most spiritual, purest spiritual, uplifting things I've ever done. It was nonviolent, positive, and had no blatant sex scenes. Maybe it will take people 30 years to get it, because they trashed The Wizard of Oz at first, too. No, they did. And uh, I see nothing from Siskel nor Ebert. <laughs> they just said, we're not doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so what has she been in? The sound, the soundtrack, I mean, it looks great. It's got a lot of Prince songs on it. It's got The Time. It's got George Clinton, uh, Tevin Campbell. She wrote songs for Madonna. Mavis Staples. I mean, it's got it's got a great soundtrack, but like I said, yeah. Uh, she wrote Justify My Love, yeah. Oh. For Madonna. Great song. Yeah. So, we talked about the bad. Let's talk about the awesome. And that was the first movie in this whole she was a writer for the Fresh Prince really mm-hmm. hmm. like his music yeah no no the, the TV show oh the TV show I say I hope she did uh, that, that Freddy Krueger song that he did oh yeah that would have been awesome so Purple Rain 1984 rock musical drama film starring Prince in his acting debut this was developed to showcase his talents and it contains several concert sequences, including Prince and the Revolution. So, most of this was filmed in Minneapolis. And they wanted to use a certain nightclub, um, the First Avenue nightclub. They paid them $100,000 to close down for 25 days so they could film there. No shit. This film grossed over $72 million worldwide. And had a $7.2 million budget. This won an Academy Award for Best Original uh, Song Score. Um, and many people have said it's one of the greatest musical films ever made. Oh, I agree. I mean, it's up yeah. there. It, in 2019, it was selected by the Library of Congress to be in the National Film Registry. Um, so, yeah, it was basically what Purple Rain is about. It is somewhat based on Prince's life. Yeah, it's loosely based on his life. Yeah, but really, more drama was added to it. Um, so Prince plays the kid. And he has a purple motorcycle. He has a purple motorcycle. Uh, he has a, an abusive father that, that uh, abuses him and his mother. Spends his days rehearsing and his nights performing at First Avenue Nightclub. And his dad's a musician, but he's also a drunk. Yes, and he forgot that he was a musician, basically. Yeah. So, there are three bands that are like the house bands at this club. The Revolution, The Time, uh-huh. and The Modern Airs. I don't even remember those guys. They were briefly in the film. So, uh, this film kind of revolves around Wendy and Lisa from The Revolution... They have written music, but Prince does not want to play their music. 
So, uh, he's like, I've, I've read it. It's trash. Yeah. Morris Day finds out that there's turmoil in the band, so he goes to the club owner and says he wants to replace the revolution with his girl group that he's forming. So he goes after the kid's girlfriend, Apollonia. Yep. And uh, she's leading the, the group called Apollonia 6. And uh, so there's turmoil there because... He's like, there's, there's turmoil in the revolution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, Jerome. Um, so the kid, uh, Prince, there's band, internal band strife. The club's on him they, because he's not drawing. And he's got a shitty personal life. So he responds by performing Darling Nikki. He wrote it for her. And he wrote it for Apollonia. Yep. She runs off in tears. And, uh, and Jerome was like, man, that's not what cool. Yeah, it pisses off Morris and, and the club owner. And so then the club he, owner's he dry like. dry humps a speaker. Yeah, he, he does that a lot. He dry humped a Marshall Stacker in the show. Yeah. Apollonia 6 debuts. Billy, the club owner, warns the kid that First Avenue only has room for three bands. So, then, Morris stays drunk. The kid saves her, gets her on the motorcycle. She abandons him again. <laughs> he goes home. His house is trashed. His dad shoots himself, but they say that he survived. But in Graffiti Bridge, he writes a letter to his dad, making it appear that his dad's deceased. Okay. So... Um, at that point, he finds a cassette tape of Wendy and Lisa's music, and then he starts to write words to it. And so then they decide to play some songs that the girls in the band wrote, dedicates it to his father, and it is Purple Rain. He runs out the door, because he's going to ride away on his motorcycle, but then he hears the crowd cheering. He comes back in. Because they all thought they hated it. Yeah. He goes back in, he plays two encores. And we live happily ever after. Because they were all just an awe. Yeah. So, um, I mean, fuck. It, we, this movie's amazing. I, I watched most of it this morning. Um, and I, I try to watch it on a regular basis because yeah, it's so good. It's a good movie. I, I do like that movie. I probably watch it a couple times a year. So, I think I've talked about this before. Like, this exact situation. But the first time I ever saw this movie... Remember I told you about that little bar up the street that would host kids' movie days? Oh, yeah, yeah. The matinees on Sunday mornings when they couldn't sell alcohol. So they'd have the kids come in so that we would buy soda and chips and shit. And they had a giant laser disc player. So the the bartender said, I've got this movie. I think you guys might like it. But there's a scene in here that I'm going to tell you all, cover your eyes or turn around, and you're not going to watch that scene. And it's the uh, Purify Yourself in Lake Minnetonka oh, yeah. scene where she takes her clothes off. And so she's like, cover your eyes. And we all covered our eyes like with our fingers like outspread this. so that we could still see. Yeah. And we sat there and watched, you know, two minutes or 30 seconds or whatever it was of, of Apollonia boob. Um, and Prince's skinny ass. Yeah. Well, no, he wasn't naked. He was sitting on a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he said, what was I saying? Yeah, wait. That's not Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's the sewage collection plant. <laughs> so should we go? Should we go to the trivia first? Yeah, let's do the trivia. Okay, we'll do the trivia first. 
So, like I said, this thing, um, only, well, it, it'll be in the trivia, because I read the trivia earlier. Um, and there's going to be something in the trivia you're going to love. I'll save that for the end. Okay. Um, so, Apollonia was married at the time of filming, but she was sworn to secrecy about it so that people would think that her and Prince were really a couple off screen. Okay. Um, Vanity, who is Prince's protege, yeah. was supposed to be in the movie, but she left the film prior to shooting. So Vanity Six, which is an actual band, yeah. became Apollonia Six. Morse Day says 18 words to Prince on screen. Prince never says one word to Morris. Oh, shit. Um, oh, that's right, because he goes, man, that was, that was fucked up, man. Yeah. And Prince is like, whatever. He didn't say shit to him. Oh, uh, but he was thinking it. Oh, yeah. Story is loosely based on Prince's own life. Um, so they... He was kind of a prima donna in this movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Which is what people thought that's how he was in real life. There were only three professional actors in the entire cast. No shit. The guy that played the dad, mm-hmm. the lady that played the mom, and Apollonia. Oh, wow. That was it. So while shooting the scene that we spoke about, the Lake Minnetonka scene, Apollonia actually jumped into the freezing cold water. Lake Tipicaca. No. Minnetonka. That's what I said. Uh, she actually jumped into the freezing cold water. It was so cold, it actually snowed an hour after they filmed that. Wow. She had to do f- uh, four takes. She developed hypothermia. And hard nipples. Prince was afraid that she would freeze to death, but she wanted to keep going. So then... So See, Prince was a good guy. The rest of her takes were moved to L.A. Oh, no shit. So she didn't have to be in the cold. Um, they had to recreate the whole lake scene in L.A.? I think just the re- everything else that she did after that. Oh. Um, the songs were all pre-recorded, but Prince and Revolution actually played live so that they captured the feel of the true performance. Yeah. Um, so in the original script, Prince took Vanity, because she was in the original script, to a barn for a sex scene. And when, uh, when Doves Cry played, and there's rain, you know, pattering against the barn, there's thunder, and... That scene was the inspiration for the song Raspberry Beret. Oh, no shit. Yeah. A lot of people think that that was on Purple Rain. It was not, but it was inspired by a cut scene from Purple Rain. Um, That's a good song, though. Oh, yeah, it's a great song. So, yeah, it's it's been put in the uh, Library of Congress. Uh, Morse Day had a little bit of a uh, substance abuse problem. No. During the production of this film? No. He was high for most of the filming. During on Coke. They would have to drag him out of his room to be on set because he wanted to stay in his room and do drugs. More stay. Yeah. You could just tell. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Yeah. So by the time the film was released, Morris Day and Prince were not on speaking terms due to creative differences. And the way that Prince, and Prince wrote all his songs. I know. <laughs> but the, the, way that, the way that Prince treated Wendy and Lisa in the film was pretty much how he treated them in real life. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and, I mean, as he, got, as he got older, he became more... Compassionate, maybe? Yeah. 
mild? I more don't know. Mo- more mo- uh, modest. Yeah. I mean, because the guy was—he was grew up as he grew up with musician parents. He was probably a musician since before he could walk. Right. And then he's like, "We're going to start the greatest band ever," and he did. Oh yeah, he did. So I mean, the guy had every right to be a fucking cocky dick to people around him, but you don't do that. No. So but like I said, as he got older, he you know he became more modest and. People loved him. Right. Uh, they tried, when he was looking for uh, production and bat- backing yeah. and all that, he took the script around and everybody turned him down, including Indigo Films, which was owned by Jim Brown, the football player, and Richard Pryor. Oh, no shit. They turned him down. And in 2002, Jim Brown expressed his, his disappointment about not picking up that project. Oh, he would have made a fortune. Uh, well, you know who did make a fortune? Warner Brothers. The he was on their their label anyway. Well, Warner Brothers distributed the film, so they got the 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 money for the film, and then they got the money for the soundtrack. They got the money for the soundtrack. The home video release helped them out because it sold like crazy, and the promotional videos aired on MTV, which helped their music video division. Yep. So they made money and got all kinds of exposure all the way around. Um, and that's when VCR tapes were like $100 a pop. Yes. So there was a... There was another love scene that wasn't included. Uh, it contained an illusion of Purple Rain. And... The... Uh, they deleted the footage, but it was in the trailer. So, that's weird. I hate when they do that. Yeah. They do that. Movies do that now. Oh, yeah, they, they put something in the trailer and it's not in the movie. Yeah, I'm like, where was that scene at? That scene looks so cool. Um, Jennifer Beals was offered the role of Apollonia, but she turned it down so she could study at Yale. Oh, that's a good choice. Yes. And they recorded three versions of the love scene. A G-rated version, a PG version, and an R version. The R-rated version was the one used in the film. Prince really wanted to make sure that scene was set. Prince almost didn't play Prince in this movie. Who else could play Prince? Well, Warner Brothers suggested John Travolta. Are you joking? It's right here. Oh my God, dude! Yeah, they uh, they wanted John, John Travolta. Eighties uh, John Travolta. Yeah. So you can call me the kid. Aside from Prince and his parents on screen, almost every other character is named after the actor that portrayed them. Yeah, they just use their own names. So. Yeah. Uh, what else we have here? Oh, I'm going to so show you how well I can play this guitar. In the scene where Apollonia is running after Prince after he took her bracelet, yeah, you can see a flash of light in one of the store windows. Somebody had snuck on set and taken a photo, and it pissed the director off. Oh, no shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Apollonia was pretty much unknown at this time. She only had one other film. He saw her in Tales of the Gold Monkey, Force of Habit, where she played a saucy island girl who was sleeping with a German priest. All right. So you have to look that one up. You'll probably enjoy that. Probably. Sounds like it's something right up my alley. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. What else we got here before I go to this big one that you're going to love? Um... 
So this is in the American Film Institute's 2004 list of 400 movies nominated. Uh, it's included among the American Film Institute's 2004 list of 400 movies nominated for the top 100 greatest music films in mo- music in movies for the song "Let's Go Crazy." That's confusing as fuck to read. Sounded like it. Very confusing. What the fuck? Um, they they ripped off the Abbott and Costello bit. Who's on first? Yeah. When Morris and Jerome did the "What's the password?" <laughs> what's the password? What? What? What's the password? What? Yeah. Um, and and again they they mentioned that uh, Tipper Gore, Alan Tipper Gore's daughter, was playing darling Nikki, and that's what led to the PMRC being founded. Um, what else do we have here? Do, 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 do. So following the performance of Darling Nikki, the club owner tells the kid, nobody understands your music but you, kid. And they say that that line in the film kind of described and predicted Prince's actual commercial decline because yeah. he was making music that nobody fucking got. So... Here's the line that you're going to like, though. A few days before the premiere, Prince had a nightmare that Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert despised the film with Ebert ripping the film apart. (laughs) God, He said, I dreamt those two guys on the TV were reviewing the movie and the fat guy was tearing me up. (laughs) And the fat guy was tearing me up. So, oh my god, dude. Let's go to let's go to the res- critical response here. So, Purple Rain has oddly received mixed reviews from critics. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 70%, which is good. Which isn't bad. It has an average rating of 6.39 out of 10. And the uh, kind of the tagline that they use is Purple Rain makes for undeniable uneven cinema, but it's held together by its star's singular charisma, not to mention a slew of classic songs. Metacritic has it rated 55 out of 100. It's got mixed or average reviews. And then, uh, Siskel and Ebert loved, loved this movie. They put it on their top 10 list of best films in 1984. Wow, that's actually pretty good. Roger Ebert called it one of the greatest rock movies of all time. As far as awards, it won Academy Award for the Best Original Song Score. It won a Brit Award for Best Soundtrack uh, Cast Recording. was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Original Song. It uh, was nominated for a Razzie, Worst New Star of Apollonia, Worst Original Song, Sex Shooter. Oh, my God. It won a Grammy for the best original score written for a motion picture. Uh, It won an NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Actor in a Motion Picture for Prince. Uh, It was inducted into the National Film Registry. It is in the Online Film and Television Association Awards Hall of Fame for When the Doves Cry. It was nominated for a Saturn Award for Best Music. And it got a World Soundtrack Award for a major contribution to the art of film, music, and sound. Nice. This is the only feature film that he starred in but did not direct. 
after his death in 2016, MTV aired the film following a music video marathon. VH1 also showed the movie the same night as well as throughout the next couple of days. Uh, theater chains, uh, AMC and Carmike held tribute screenings of the film at a limited number of theaters the following week. Uh, this thing, Turag. What is the Turag language? I have no idea. Um, it's a, it's a, it's an African language, spoken in Algeria, Libya, uh, Mali, that area. Uh-huh. So they made an homage to the film. Uh, oh fuck! It's entitled Ankunik Tedalat Taha Tazunagai. Okay. Translates as <laughs> ready for this? Yeah. It translates to rain, the color of blue with a little red in it. <laughs> rain, the color blue with a little red in it. So uh, a lot of people say that Eminem's movie Eight Mile, yeah, which is also loosely based on his life, is basically the hip hop version of Purple Rain, and it is. Well, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, um, and eight months before his death, Prince purchased the house of the kid in Minneapolis. And it's used for all the exterior scenes of the movie. The house, which the Prince Estate still owns, is a very popular tourist destination for fans of the film. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So, I mean... You know what? And the pick of Destiny is loosely based off Tenacious D. It is. So it's the... um, Tenacious D version of Purple Rain, because I don't know what the fuck kind of music they play. They play the metal. They do. Well, no, it's it's not the metal. It's just a tribute. It's just a tribute. <laughs> it's a tribute to the metal. So, what? you probably haven't seen the other two films we talked about. No. I've seen them once. And that's all you really need to see them. That's probably more than you need to see of them. What are your thoughts on Purple Rain? I, you know, this is probably one of my favorite musical movies. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say that. The only other one I would say that would beat it, at least for me, is the Blues Brothers. Okay, yeah. It's it's a movie that I never get tired of watching. No. Um, I can put it on, even if it's just in the background, you know you're going to hear some great music, mm-hmm. you're going to hear some great quotes, and you're going to ha- hear some quotes or some scenes start, that you're going to stop what you're doing and watch. Oh yeah, you know there there are. That's several. one of those movies where you, you're gonna start like put your turn on. You're gonna start doing the dishes or cleaning or something. And pretty soon you'll be sitting. You're down. gonna sit down watching the movie. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those movies you ain't getting shit done. Nope, nope. And yeah, this is I would say, in my order for music music movies, I would go Blues Brothers, Purple Rain, probably Rocky Horror. Rocky Horror's up there. Yep. Eight Mile. Eight Mile. Eight Mile's a great movie. Pick of Destiny. Okay. And those are the only ones I can really think of right now. Pretty solid, uh, pretty solid top five. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah, I can't think of, I mean, uh, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. That's <laughs> Any there. movie that Kiss has done is terrible. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park? Yes. It's great. None of them can act. That's what makes it so great. <laughs> Didn't they have, they had to change uh, Peter Chris's voice? Yes. Yeah, because he had such a soft voice, it uh-huh. just didn't match. Yeah, they had to overdub him. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Purple Rain, one of the greatest musical films, one of the greatest rock films, maybe 
one of the greatest films. I mean, yeah. it's it's up there as one of those films that, like you said, if it's on, your ass is sitting it. down watching it. Um, I don't know. I love it. I do love it. Yeah. And not just because of, you know, Apollonia jumping into the lake. That's, you know, that's not even one of the scenes that that's I... That's just a perk. You know, while that is a scene, if I'm not terribly busy, you know, when he says that, I think it's funny when he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not Lake Minnetonka. The reaction, everything is funny. It's not yeah. just her getting naked. Everything's you know funny about that. But it's just a good fucking movie. And you're going to hear amazing music. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, he should have stopped at the first one. No, I agree. He shouldn't have done it. He, he, he got that bug. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? This one made really, this one it was done really well. Everybody loved it. I'm going to make another movie and see how it goes. Yeah. And it's... It wasn't if he's not playing himself, he's not a good actor. Right, right, and even in the one where he did play himself in the second one, you know, the sequel to this, yeah. the Graffiti Bridge, he wasn't a great actor. I think it shows in the awards that they won. This one won Academy Awards. It won the big awards. The other ones won Razzies. Well, it goes to show you, like, because what these came out in what ninety. Uh, this one came out in 84. Yeah, this one came out in 84. The Cherry Moon came out in 86, and Graffiti Bridge came out in 90. Okay. So, in that time, he had, his heart was in it. Mm-hmm. He made something that was really important to him. Yep. And then he's like, okay, let's try to recreate this and see if we can get lightning to strike twice. Well, and this film. And his heart, it's one of those, he, he's one of those things where his heart wasn't in it, but he was trying to make extra money. He was trying to get that money off of his name. Yeah. Um, this film was... He he met with Warner Brothers, and he was like, Hey, I will do this, but I, you know, I, I'll do the, the, you know, the album, but I want a feature film. Yeah. It was a condition of him, you know, signing with him or whatever, you know, continuing with him or whatever. Uh, he, he, he insisted. He's like, I, I want... I want to. I want to be in a movie, you know. So, I guess he had some pull at that point. Yeah, I guess. Oh, um, here, here's here's. I, I found this earlier too. So, Prince required the other musicians of the film to take acting classes prior to filming. Oh no shit! Morris Day was thrown out of acting class because he fucked around too much. That's so funny, dude. <laughs> Could you see him and be like, okay, we're going to do this. We need, you know how they, what is that in uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back where yeah. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are like, lion face, rawr, sad face, <laughs> lemon face, woo. Could you see them doing that and you hear more stay? <laughs> it's like, lion face, rawr. <laughs> 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 they, they threw him out of class. Could you imagine that? Oh, my God. Do you think they threw uh, Jerome out too? Probably. I if they didn't throw him out, I bet Morris made him leave. Yeah, because somebody has to carry that mirror around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. He had a mirror, didn't he? He had a mirror that he carried around, and sh- <laughs> so Morris could fix his hair while he was on stage. Oh my God! Come on, Jerome. So, anything else about Purple Rain or Prince you want to talk about? I no. Mean, we uh, for us going into this saying. Yeah, it's going to be a really short show. We don't have a lot to talk about. Three hours later. Yeah, three hours later. And that's it's going to be about a two and a half hour long show. Yeah. So, 
I think we... With a couple of Prince songs in here. Yeah, we'll put some Prince music in here and, uh, you know, it, it was just so much to talk about and, yeah, we went off topic. We do that, but... That's what makes us so lovable. Oh, are we lovable? I think we're lovable. I think we are. We're le- we're definitely cuttable. Cuttable? Cuttable. Cuttable? Cuddly. I don't want anybody to cut me. <laughs> Cuddly. Cuddle, 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 we're soft. (laughs) (laughs) We're both squishy. We're both squishy. (laughs) We're like big teddy bears. We're your (laughs) lovable, cuddly, furry hosts. That's what I was trying to say. Lovable, cuddly, furry hosts. Yes. So, just like Grover. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Tully that's what we have <laughs> Tully's a fucking klepto so I didn't take shit <laughs> I don't know where that watch came from <laughs> my grandma gave me that watch <laughs> that's still one of my favorite shows we've done <laughs> that was a fun one so anything else we need to talk about before we no, sign off here no well for the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour I'm Mikey I'm Corey you know we what? did not. Inter- we, we did, did not. Yeah. We didn't introduce ourselves earlier, so you have been going through this whole show wondering who the fuck was talking. <laughs> who the fuck are these clowns? It's just us. Yeah, we we did surprise. So yeah, hey, that's a good kind of surprise. That is. So we will see you next time. Say goodbye, Corey. Goodbye, Corey. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Mother, mother, fuck, fuck, mother, fuck, mother, fuck, noise, noise, noise. One, two, one, two, three, four. Noise, noise, noise. Smoking weed, smoking weed. Doing coke, drinking beers. Drinking beers, beers, beers. Rolling fatties, smoking blunts. Who smokes the blunts? Who smoke the blunts? Rolling blunts and smoking. Uh, let me get a nickel bag. Fifteen bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. If that money doesn't show, then you owe me, owe me, oh. My jungle love, yeah, oh we oh we oh. I think I wanna know ya, know ya, yeah, what? What the hell are you singing? You don't know jungle love? That shit is the mad notes, written by God herself and handed down to the greatest band in the world. The motherfucking time! You mean the guys in that Prince movie? Yeah, Purple Rain. That shit was so gay, fucking 80s style. Never say an unkind word about the time. Me and South Bob model the whole fucking life around Morris Dan Jerome. I'm a smooth pimple who loves the pussy. And tell me here's my black man servant. What? What I tell you two about dealing in front of the store? Now drop the kid and pedal your wares someplace else, burn boy. And for the record, the time sucked ass.
Everything we should Spider makes you cry 